You're listening to the Rational Rage Network. For the all elite wrestling world championship. Buy all of those matches, and that could very well have the same effect on both Kenny Omega and John Moxley here tonight. Well, just just take a look at the ring and take a look. It's all about the AEW Championship. And it's a lot of it is about just a personal issue. Now he accomplished that. We defied anyone's expectations. Yeah, pretty pathetic for the seven-star guy. It was the best bout machine, all that stuff. Uh, nothing a be- great day to die right here at Revolution. Well, you, 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 you see... Seem giddy about this. Oh, listen. Jesus! Is the reigning and defending all elite wrestling world champion, Kenny. Possible. I don't want Kenny Omega getting marked up by this barbed wire. I don't want to see him get injured. And yes, the 30 minute. Look at this. Look at this. So. Jesus. Omega needs to get his thumb in Moxley's eye. A nasty headbutt. You know, you want to be in there when the bombs go off? I mean, it's a ticking time bomb, literally. In the past, some of the great world champions, like Terry. Trying to take a chunk out of Moxley's forehead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, listen, I'll give Moxley credit. He is as tough as they come, and the only way he's going to stop coming for us is if we put him down, if you know what I mean. Get in here for this. He'd be smart to steer clear of this exploding barbed wire ring that we've got in front of us here. Look at this. I hate to agree with you, but you're right. A match where John Moxley defeated Kenny Omega. I don't Omega. remember that match, and it's not in the record books, which means oh, it never oh, happened. Out in the eye. Fantastic. He has not been himself. Look at that. Oh, oh, good God. Call it oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. Get that away from me. Oh, look at this. Oh, no. Sawing back and forth on the knees of Omega. Dragon, and perhaps? No, Moxley breaks free. That's what I thought. Back elbow. Oh, oh Moxley. God. <laughs> Sent into the barbed wire board. Oh, 20 minutes in. Kenny Omega. And when you're in a fight like this, the time goes by. Oh, oh God! Oh, oh my God! Moxley able to counter out. Catch. Oh, God! Omega fought with all his might. Kenny tried to block it. Moxley got it. Omega out on his feet. Moxley. Oh! That slide slam. Not if John Moxley hits the paradigm shift. Kenny took that in the eyes, I think. My God, damn it! Between the eyes, maybe. The forehead. Yeah, from where his head struck that barbed wire. His face may be indeed a crimson mask. Sooner than later. Oh. Risking it all. Here 
tonight. Kenny Omega is making his claim tonight to maybe be the greatest professional wrestler in the history of... Moxley needs to end this with alacrity. Until the ring explodes. Yep. Oh, the pile driver. Omega end it here. One no one angel. kicks out. No yep. one kicks out. No one. Can he make the cover? Two. Oh! Omega. He didn't kick out. The good brother. Carl Anderson. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Get your getting back to Nashville. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson getting battered by Moxley. Oh! Oh, my God! <laughs> one of your proudest moments. Nothing wrong with that. This is allowed. He's out, man. He's out on his feet. Omega. Or on his feet. Oh! Oh! Yes! Chair. Yes! The winner of this match. And still all Elite Wrestling World Champion, Kenny. Referee, for God's sake. No reason for this. Oh, look, they're, they're handcuffing. They're handcuffing Moxley's hands behind his back. I'm professional now. Is that what you're going to do? How is it professional with what Moxley's been doing? Oh, come on. Great. Great. No, this that's, is great. that's professional. I love that's this. That's really professional. Moxley's completely unable to protect himself. He's restrained. He's shackled. Listen, He's listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen. are fine, stay where you are. Eddie. Look at Eddie, Eddie Kingston! Eddie Kingston! What is Kingston doing out here? Get him out! No! Kingston! Oh my! Oh my God! They're chanting Eddie's name. Eddie did the right thing. Damn folks. right he did the right thing. At least someone came out helping Dr. Sampson. Man, we got casualties. Yeah, this is... I don't think I've ever been a part of a show that had this much carnage. Mega has retained the AEW World Championship here tonight. Welcome to the PWC Presents The Revolution Review And boy do we have a doozy of a show tonight 
my guest tonight, well, not really my guest, but more like my co-host, is Jeff Littman, the foreign object. How are you, man? How's Baltimore? The foreign object is here. And yes, there was a revolution, and it was televised. And that might not have been such a great thing. Um, Baltimore's good. Weather is breaking. Everything's nice here. Well, it looks like you're rugged up, you know, it seems like it's probably a little bit cold. I'm glad it's cooled down over here, that's for sure, man. It's not as hot like usual, so I'm just wrapped that we're, we're over summer, man, because the summer down here is just too hot, man. Mm. Well, yeah, you're at the bottom of the world. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, so let's get to revolution, Jeff. I mean, was this a revolution of a pay-per-view or... <laughs> Or would you say it was a de-evolution of a pay-per-view? Because this had it all. And I don't mean that in a good way. And I mean that in a pretty negative way. Because I, I don't know what to say about this. But apparently Kenny doesn't know how to set up a ring, supposedly. Yes, so much to cover, so much ground. Revolution has lots of meanings. Um, revolution just means things turning around. It can mean... That there is a changing of the guard. Um, when there's a, a change in the balance of power, that's not always a good thing. I think that this show is proof positive that Kenny has too much power <laughs> and maybe he should stick to being a wrestler. Um, right. I'm not going to go so far as to say that it was revolting because it wasn't revolting. It wasn't all bad, um, but it was definitely the worst AEW pay-per-view since their television era. I would say Fighter Fest and and the other one, Fight for the Fallen. The, oh, yeah. Those were both, both sort of lame shows, and um, one of the other ones wasn't so great. But th this was the worst one I can remember in a long time. We can talk about the positive, but I don't think we should rush into that. You asked a bunch of questions about <laughs> about it. I mean, we have to start with, with the end, right? I mean, they had two big items that, that they needed to deliver on. One was the exploding barbed wire death match, and the other was, you know, delivery of a legend, somebody who was Hall of Fame worthy that was going to be a game changer. <laughs> um, and I think on both those accounts, they found. The, the main event was so sad in so many ways I don't even know what the status is because everybody has a different take on it. But the match itself wasn't bad. The The work that they put in was pretty good. Um, the blood was pretty good. It's just they didn't know how to use it right in the context of their match. It started with a lie. The lie was when Kenny was building the Moxley extermination chamber out of wood and they said that the ropes would be replaced with barbed wire. No, they weren't. They were, <laughs> there wasn't that wood fencing. Right. The ropes weren't replaced with barbed wire. The ropes had barbed wire, you know, twined around them. We know it was fake barbed wire. There were a few platforms set up with barbed wire around. And, you know, they they got thrown into stuff. They were avoiding them. The, the barbs were, were getting stuck on their on their backs, on their shirts, but nothing ever ripped. There was never any blood on their back. There were no pellets. There was no thought put into that, even though there was blood everywhere else. Right. 
I counted six explosions before the main explosion. They were all duds too. But if we're going to pretend that, that they're painful and that they're causing problems, that they're shrapnel, you know, uh, being jettisoned from them, then they should have figured out some way to have the shirts rip, you know, and blood pellets, uh, you know, put on the backs, something, whether they were also thumbtacks or something or, you know, or whatever it was, or don't wear shirts. I mean, they both wore shirts, which was a, probably a bad sign to begin with. Um, I mean, I understand it's supposed to be real barbed wire and it wasn't. So wearing shirts makes some sense, but cloth shirts doesn't offer a whole lot of protection against razor wire. Um, it was also weird that the explosives, you know, were only set to go in one direction, like they were claymores. You know, we saw the, the, the fans of ringside, you had the, the, the ringside doctor, even at the end when they were saying everybody's cleared out from, from the ring area. No, they weren't. The, the doctor was still standing there right behind the timekeeper's table, right there. Um, and the wrestler fans, you know, they backed up about six or eight people. It's not like they were clearing out, which is what the others were doing, the Good Brothers, Callist, uh, the, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. I mean, they were all acting like the whole place was going to explode. And the, and their, you know, the, the jabronis moved eight feet. Poor Kingston. Oh. Poor commentary. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I mean, Jeff. It was like a poof. It was a poof. <laughs> Dud is too strong a word. It was a poof. It was literally a poof. And uh, and I say that in a literal sense because in Australia, poof can mean something kind of uh, derogatory. <laughs> but uh, we won't go there. But what, what got me, dude, is like when that match started, just the look of the ref. Was, is it Rimsburg? I mean, seriously. Bryce Rimsburg. That, that's it. Whatever his name is what the hell was this was this a covid protection i know it was because of the barbed wire and all that shit, right but he looked like a goofy goofy guy and i knew from that point on i'm thinking here we go this is going to be stupid already don't get me wrong the match wasn't too bad all right the match itself right. wasn't too bad at all and yeah look the, the, and as far as the barbed wire goes i thought the ring was going to be i thought the ropes were going to be barbed wire I guess that wasn't the case. Uh, they said the ropes were going to be right, replaced. Right, they did. I thought they were going to be barbed wire ropes, but to my surprise, they weren't. Sure, there was barbed wires wrapped all over the ropes, but big deal. As far as the explosions go, I must admit, when when, when uh, was it Moxie that first got Irish whipped to the ropes? I laughed. It looked all right. It wasn't too bad. It, it's still laughable. I did say on the skirmish last week to Chris, that um <laughs> i know we're gonna laugh during this match and boy was i laughing but the, and as as far as the end goes poor eddie kingston like you said that was disgraceful the ring went poof and that was it and i know everybody has said this and they made the diehard reference i'm actually solemn monster said this himself jason they should have done who? jason sorry yeah, exactly who they should have done the diehard ending if it wasn't going to work kenny should have came out and said ah chick these all blah 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 like nothing happened they should have just no sold it instead we got that ridiculous ending and honestly i don't know where they go from here because how do they cover their asses from this dude so much there i mean first of all for, you're 100 right about the ref in a biohazard suit right 
I mean, that's not going to protect you from either barbed wire or explosives. Um, I mean, it should have at least been like the movie The, the Hurt Locker it should have, or like a bomb squad suit. You know, I, I understand that's uncomfortable, but if they're going to go with it, at least something that makes sense. Don't insult our intelligence. Right. Like you said, the match wasn't bad. The match was the match was good, but I can't get myself to say that enthusiastically. I always feel like I have to say but because it took me out of it right away. First of all, I mean, again, I don't care that the, the, the ropes were replaced with barbed wire. Have they not told me that the ropes were going to be replaced with barbed wire? I don't care that they're in a regular ring and not in a, a wooden box, you know, basically for feisty livestock. <laughs> except they showed, made a big deal about Moxley building the, the walls, the barriers with ropes there, like basically a fence, the, the, the containment. I mean, he wasn't building a bomb. They never showed him being like MacGyver. They showed him building a physical structure and an and, and enclave. Um, I, you know, th there was that, but yeah. And then Kingston, I mean, Kingston and Moxley and all these people are veterans. JR's a veteran. Shivani's a veteran. So they either should have known better or they knew that they, they can't stray from script, which, you know, I, I, I really hate saying that this was WWE, but if it was WWE, they would say, everybody's so afraid of Vince that they, they couldn't stray from a, a bad story and they right, couldn't right. And in AW, they have the freedom to do that sort of thing. Instead, they adopted this story that basically Moxley made a joke afterwards to the live crowd to try and save face. <laughs> basically saying, I know that sucked, but, you know, ha ha. It, it went viral, everybody saw it, and then they adopted it saying, well, yeah, Omega can't even build that right. Well, if Omega can't build that right, how come Moxley was laying there dead and Eddie Kingston was covered, <laughs> his body was laying there dead, motionless, and then a medic came in and called for the doctor, and then the doctor came in, and everybody, you know, I mean, was it psychosomatic? I, I guess, you know, I guess that's what it was. It was psychosomatic. <laughs> it definitely um, was. The power of suggestion, which, by the way, is a much more powerful weapon than explosives. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy, this is not new technology. They were doing death matches with with controlled explosions since the seventies. <laughs> this this was this was this was terrible. I mean, it wasn't even you know even if it was bad, but it was just a lot of smoke that we couldn't see how bad it was. That would have been better. I a hundred percent agree with you, Jeff, and that's the thing, man. I mean. Kenny does go over with a one-winged angel, an explosion, one-winged angel. What made me laugh was before that, the first one-winged angel where uh, Moxley put his foot on the rope <laughs> and, and, and then there was an explosion, which was kind of smart, I guess, but it was just silly. It looked dumb. I mean, like you said, it's psychosomatic. I mean, where do we go from here? How the, I guarantee you we're not going to see Kenny or, or Moxley on Dynamite this week. No chance. Yeah, we probably won't I, see him for the next few weeks, actually. I, I don't know where to go from this. Everyone's saying, well, Moxley's going to take some time off because Renee is pregnant. Right. I mean, I think she's like five months pregnant or six months pregnant. She's not due for two or three months. So, right. I mean, that's a lot of time off. And if he wants to take it, that's fine. But it, it's way early for that to be the objective reason. Um, the Good Brothers and Don Callis, I think we've seen the extent of this impact relationship. They, they couldn't <laughs> even involve themselves in the Young Bucks story or in the Casino Battle, Tag Team Battle Royal. They couldn't be in that. They just had this limited uh, interaction in, the, in this one match. 
So obviously it's very, very limited and it's just to get the, the Good Brothers to get basically an extra four-figure payday <laughs> every week as opposed to taking you know two months at impact to make the same amount. Um, this, this, I, I don't know where we go from this, but if it's Eddie Kingston in the title picture against Omega after he just got clobbered and beaten by Moxley time and time again and really hasn't... Well, I think he won one match against Archer, who's also being pushed now, but right. it's not clear if he's a face or a heel. I mean, I mean, I guess we can forget that Kingston was trying to kill Moxley himself a couple of months ago, but I guess it's one of those, if I can't kill him, nobody can kind of things. Um, well, I'm glad you I brought that up, Jeff, because that's where I was confused. I get, I get the history between Moxley and Kingston, but where did this even come from? Like, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why suddenly now does Eddie Kingston actually give a shit about John Moxley and he embarrassed himself? I mean, not, not that it was his fault. Don't get me wrong. It was it the wasn't. company's fault. Yeah. But like, why now does he give a shit? Are we going to have uh, Eddie versus Omega feud going forward because Moxley won't be around? I mean, it, it seems like it's going that way. But like you said, Renee is about five months pregnant. He should still be around, you'd think. But I don't think he will be. And it looks like we are moving towards a Kingston-Kenny fucking feud. And, and then what? We're going to have more hardcore matches? Well, if I speak AW, and I think at this point I do, yeah. I don't think they're going to be gone nearly as long as you think they are. And I, and I think that we're looking at a series of tag team matches with Moxley and Kingston oh, yeah, against the Good Brothers as, as the proxies. Uh, for Omega and they're going to pivot away from Moxley being in the title picture against Omega. We may get one Kingston like TV match, you know, where basically he gets attacked in the back before anything even happens. And since he punched the butcher in the blade um, when they were trying to stop him from getting blown up, they're no longer, you know, he's also a man without friends, just like, as you notice, Moxley was a man without friends. Um, which, you know, I, I thought he had friends. I thought that Darby and Sting were his buddies, among others. Right. I mean, wasn't Archer that... his friend a couple weeks ago? Were, weren't they yeah, all? Right. Phoenix, Penta, <laughs> all in the building? Apparently they were friends, but now they're not. I mean, that's the thing, dude. I don't understand what the logic is here. One second, these guys are friends. Next thing you know, they're not friends. They're doing their own thing. I don't have a fucking clue, Jeff, what's going on, because I really don't. I don't have a clue. I don't know. And sorry for, like, swearing, but I really don't have a clue. And, and that's <laughs> well, the thing. you can hit the explicit check on that. Yeah. Well, I don't know either, because the top face is Cody, and he can't be in a title match. Right. So who, who, else is a, who else is a top face? Dar <laughs> Sting is probably number two ranked. Is, is he going to face Omega? I mean, that's bizarre, but Okay. Uh, is Darby going to lose the TNT title on Wednesday? I, I think there's a pretty good chance he actually might because uh, uh, I think they've heard all the stuff about Scorpio Sky and well, not Scorpio Sky in particular, but about having no people of color, right. um, at least as men's champions. I mean, we sort of forget that the women's champions have all been non-white, uh, but nevertheless, it, it, it's a little bit different. And, um, and Scorpio Sky's this attitude change and he won that brass ring match. And the built-in excuses that Darby had the shit kicked out of him and, and almost died in this crazy match four days earlier. <laughs> so uh, so there's built-in him. Maybe they put Darby. Maybe maybe it's like a um, 
I can't believe I can't blank name. I mean, it's like a Lashley thing where he loses the U.S. title, but he's positioned for the for the world title. Maybe it's going to be something like that with Darby going against Omega. Do I think Darby should be a world champion? No, but does AEW probably? And I don't know what else they do. So I mean, it just signed Christian Cage. Should he be in the world title picture? <sighs> And that reminds me, Jeff, what do you think of this uh, Christian acquisition? Because, you know, you were right. You're the one posting actually on the in the groups about about it being Christian. And what do you know? It was. And you know what? I won't lie. I thought it might have been Kane. I mean, I was close because it's it's along the same sort of lines. Right. I love Christian. I'm a fan of his. I'm kind of surprised because he was just in the Royal Rumble. And he looked great. Him and Edge working together looked great. I thought they might have been going to a program with Edge and Christian against, you know, maybe the Usos and uh, and what's his name, the the big dog, <laughs> Roman Reigns. But um, or the, or the New Day. Or the New Day, and I guess that's not happening. So <laughs> this is not. You Christian. think? <laughs> well, yeah, well, obviously it's not happening. But uh, funny you said you think because my girlfriend she's convinced. That Vince McMahon owns AEW still, right? I keep trying to tell her no, he doesn't, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> she's shaking her head, but I know what you say, D. <laughs> just for the record, <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't I've believe. Never it. seen Vince McMahon and Pervers Khan at the same time, right? <laughs> That's true, but like, like I said, Christian is a great signing, but they shouldn't have hyped it up the way they did. They gave him no justice in the way they hyped him up. You know what I mean? It's not fair on him. And unfortunately, you know, it sucks. But I'm excited for him. I hope he does go far. I can see him and Kenny in some sort of feud. Heck, I can even see him winning the AEW title. But what do you think? Did they do it the right way? Should have they not hyped up his sort of, his his acquisition the way they did? Like he's a Hall of Fame level talent, which he is, don't get me wrong. But the way they hyped it up, you would have thought it was CM Punk, John Cena, even someone like along those lines, right? You're exactly right. The expectations were built up so high, and you know it's not on the fans. First of all, fans are going to hype things anyway. They absolutely wanted this kind of hype. This was the most intriguing thing leading up to this pay per view when the storyline started last Wednesday. This is all anybody was talking about. I mean, they were talking about Okada, they were talking about CM Punk, they were talking about Brock Lesnar. Batista, you're right, John Cena, The Rock came up, The Undertaker, people were talking about, you thought Kane. Um, you know, then then there was, you know, people like me, you know, the skeptics saying, I've seen this one before from AEW. It's probably like Paul London or Chavo Guerrero <laughs> or something like that. Are they Hall of Fame worthy? Sure, why not? I right, mean, right. You know, if Coco Beware and Beth Phoenix are in Hall of Fame, <laughs> you know, Hillbilly Jim. And Frankie. Fair game for anyone. Could it be Matt Cardona again? Does, does oh, Zach Ryder see all the thing? But that's a sure, why not? Um, so it could have been anyone. So, I mean, the thing about Christian is that he's always been a second fiddle, except when he was in TNA. Right. And what's the joke about AEW? It's TNA 2.0. So, LOL TNA again. Christian is 47. He, yeah, he looked in the Royal Rumble, but the fact that he was in the Royal Rumble two months ago took away the big surprise element. I mean, the reason people popped at the Royal Rumble is because it was a surprise. Nobody thought he was clear to wrestle. Nobody knew it. It was a complete surprise. 
Well, now now everyone knew it. And, you know, anybody who listened to podcasts, you know, for a while, we all thought he was signed to WWE as a part-time wrestler. But by about a week ago, we had learned, no, the contract was with Fox. And then, you know, a half a week ago or a week ago, we learned, no, the negotiations with WWE fell through. He's not signed with anyone. Okay, so their description was Hall of Fame worthy wrestler, under fifty, and yes, they lie all the time, but that was very specific. Right. And and I said this last night on on popular reviews, um, post uh, post revolution review show, but it's like if there was a spiritual forefather of AEW, the undersized underdog cuts an okay promo, but really was never really electric. Uh, and sort of the, the high flyer kind of type who always lived in the shadow of the bigger star edge. I mean, is that not a metaphor, a parable of, of AEW in, encapsulated in a person? I mean, Christian is AEW. He's the, he's the smaller, he's he's the he's the scrappy kid who could, and he's always been overshadowed by someone else, except for a few brief moments in TNA and. I mean, I'm not sure that anybody cared. I wasn't really watching TNA at the time. I was aware he was there, and I was like, Christian Cage is the champion? <laughs> I know people love him. And, of course, he's one of Tony Khan's favorites growing up, sure. Because Tony Khan grew up 10 years ago. And you know what? He probably did grow up 10 years ago. <laughs> Actually, I hate to say this, Jeff, but... Um... <laughs> Tony Khan and I share the same birthday practically. Practically, actually, we're a day apart, and we're both born in 1982, so we're basically the same age. And wow. yeah, so to so he that makes him 38, turning 39 this year in October. So uh, I'm sure Christian was one of his favorites. I hardly doubt that for for whatever reason. But uh, TK man, I, I really, I really don't think he actually knows how to book. A wrestling event like i really don't think he does the fact that people even voted him booker of the year in the wrestling observer uh, awards thing whatever it was is just ridiculous to me it really is sure there's been some great moments in AEW over the last year but i still think even wwe wins that you know what i mean with just the roman reigns storyline it's just on its own you know what i mean and yes um I mean, I don't care about the Observer Awards because the fans of the Observer vote on that. So let them right. have their say. And, and the fans of the Observer are going to be biased. I mean, they're all about New Japan and anything that's not WWE. So if if there was no AEW, they would have voted for Ghetto. If, 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 if it was just North American, they would have voted for Scott Gamore. I mean, they would have voted for Billy Corgan. They would have voted for anyone <laughs> who voted for it. So I, I don't take that as anything. I think Tony Khan can book wrestling i just don't i think he lets his demons or his angels whichever way you want to look at it take over he gives too much power to the executive vice president and i also think he lives in sort of a self-fulfillment um, uh, echo chamber where everybody agrees with him and they all think that somebody like matt seidel or christian is a big signing. They are a big deal because in their mind, they are a big deal. In their mind, Jungle Boy is a star. No, he's not. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, but it, but in their in their mind, they think that that, that these that, that was a giant gap, um, and they can't figure out what to do with some of their giant gaps. Um, and they've had some, but yeah, uh, I. I I don't want to rip on the Tony Khan book. I'm not even sure who books these shows because, you know, 
I do remember a, a year ago, December, when Tony Khan said, I'm going to take over the booking. Yep. And it was like a week after his father said, I'm bringing Tony back into the Jaguars to handle more duties. And I guess right. Tony was saying, no, no, you're not. <laughs> but I also very well remember that as of the Jericho Cruises, that's when AEW had, that's when they got good. And they were they were good for seven, eight months Definitely. solid. Absolutely. Really good. I agree. And then they got more haphazard. They've been more haphazard ever since. And I think that the success and the positive feedback said, huh, I can delegate to the Bucks more. I can delegate to Cody more. I can delegate to Kenny more. And last night, yesterday, because it's, it's March 8th, was about Kenny and Kenny screw-ups. This deathmatch thing was a Kenny screw-up. It never made sense from jump. It never should have been Kenny's idea to propose this kind of match to Moxley. Moxley should have demanded this kind of match of Kenny. It was, it was the right, exact right, point. absolutely. And AEW's done that a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Um, but the the whole women's tournament was abysmal, and the YouTube numbers show it. Pe less people tuned in every single week for it, and to have real Mizunami win it, somebody somebody that nobody had any interest in. I mean, first of all, the Joshi wrestling. It's not for me, so I'm going to I'm going to admit that right out there. But some of it is just terrible. It's it's not for me because it's a comical style. It's not supposed to look real. I mean, you even heard Jr. who occasionally spouts truth saying, "Oh, those chops. Well, they're not the most effective chops, or, <laughs> or, or they're not the most. I don't know. He, he something with her ridiculous hand chops. They and they right. were ridiculous. And that's not. It wasn't just then. She does that every single match. Joshi matches tell no stories. There's basically no selling. Have, no one ever believed that she was going to win. If she did believe it, that I would. I mean, who would ever watch an AEW women's match again <laughs> if, if she became the champion? I mean, the whole booking was ridiculous. Having the Japanese side of it was an indictment on AEW's women's division, which really isn't that bad. They they, right. they had eight other women that they could, they could have put in that would have been perfectly good. Shayna's decent. Um, uh, Ivelisse is decent. Diamante's decent. They, they, they could have brought in like an Allison K. Big Swole wasn't in the tournament. I mean, they have, they have people that they could, I'm sure I'm forgetting people as well. And they had people that are, you know, have been on like Allison Boxes and Danny Jordans who have been on Dark and and, uh, and occasionally on AEW. I mean, I know Anna Jay got hurt and Chris Statland was hurt, blah, blah, blah. But they have, they, they could have put Allie. She yeah, wrestles. Yeah, right, right. That's well, right. She, she could have been in there. Red Velvet could have been in that. Jade Cargill could have been in that. I know that they had the story with Shaq, what, they can only wrestle one match in three months. Um, so, you know, I think they botched it. And it, it's it's not really interesting, that, that whole style. But if you're going to do it, I mean, first of all, Thunder Rosa should have cost Britt Baker the win. To, to keep you going on, I understand that you're not going to put someone not even under contract with your company in the championship match, let alone having them win it. But if you're going to continue that feud, she she costs Brit the win. Um, if you're going to have, if you're going to insist on the on the Joshi wrestlers, at least do the the pop icon, the 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 viral sensation Maki Ito. At least have her win so that people are interested in watching it. I don't personally. Well, I get it. I understand what people see there. I she's not my cup of tea, but but I get it. And actually, I thought that the best wrestler there was uh, Yuka Sakazaki or Sakazawa. Um, I'm sure I'm 
butchering her last name, but she had a she had a pretty good match. So I just thought the whole booking of it was terrible. And then that beatdown later, I've been talking a long time, but Nyla comes out for the beatdown along with, um, I think it was Maki Ito again. And all of a sudden her and Bricker are together. Wasn't Nyla Rose, Vicky aligned with Jade Cargill, Ivelisse and Diamante like six minutes ago? Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a clue what's going on, dude. Like I said, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I know Vicky and uh, Nyla Rose have had a pairing in the past and you're right i don't know what happened with everybody else i feel like they press the reset button every two seconds but before we continue welcome to the show chris what's going on dude how's canada hey man canada's good yeah no uh sorry to be running late i uh i seem to have come on just just as we're talking about something that's uh you know entirely normal for AEW, which is that people who used to be in a tag team or a team are now not in a team or that there's a new team <laughs> with, with several different people who used to be in a team on another team with somebody else as a team and now they're a new team but they're not really a team and they're giving them an, a team name but they're not really going to be called a team and it's a there's a there's a team with a new person and there's a brand new person debuting as a part of a team that's not really a team but kind of a team and sort of a team welcome to AEW, folks uh <laughs> word that was dope <laughs> that was dope dude word word dude that, that was definitely dope mr ambs in the his house silence <laughs> of the ams <laughs> silence yeah. of the ams. dude well i'm glad you got here just in time because i really want to know what what do you think of that explosion match before we totally move on the explosion match like the like oh sorry the barbed wire <laughs> death match the exploding barbed wire death match. You right. know what? The match was actually fine. Like it was a little overly violent for my tastes. You know how I am, Jimmy. I like wrestling matches, but it was a little overly violent for my tastes. Um, although I did understand why they were going that way. It's supposed to be, I think, at least I think it's supposed to be the blow off match for the feud. Um, and I think that it was a really, really good story. I even liked everything, including, um, including the ending like i really like the the you know what they were trying to do with the redemption of eddie kingston there um but that i mean you can't end that match with a popcorn fart and then <laughs> expect the world to love it it was bad it was bad and we had gilberg make an appearance it seems but uh even that wasn't as bad but anyway look let's continue on jeff where were we we'll, we'll, we're up to the nyla rose part right yeah, well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that part, except I just want to point out that Nyla Rose is a former champion without Vicky. Right. She then got Vicky and, and basically won one match in about four months. Then Vicky disappears, and she advances pretty far in the tournament to the finals, or the semifinals, at least on the American side. Vicky comes back, and she loses that match. Hashtag fire Vicky. This, this is a disaster. I mean, managers cause cause failure in, in in AEW here. I mean, we've got we've got Taz and Vicky who are nothing but failures, and we're gonna get to Taz pretty soon. But yeah, but Vicky, I mean, Vicky and Nyla, it, it's it's not a good pairing. It's not a good pairing at all. I'm not sure that Vicky with anyone is a good pairing at this point, to be frankly, uh, to be frank. But. I, I thought that the women's matches, I mean, the buy-in was useless, uh, but at least the match wasn't terrible, and, and the and the Reba thing was, was okay. 
um you know actually that was pretty well executed i don't know what the point of the, the whole thing is except that thunder rosa and Britt baker are still at each other uh, i don't know if we're going to get a rio maki ito match I, I have a feeling that some of the joshi women just got like a three-week paid vacation to the united states and that was <laughs> the world board and you know during covid and now they're going to get to go back but who knows maybe that's next i mean you know and, and i'm sure kenny thinks that's great but kenny whatever book kenny has should be taken from him whether it's death match or women's booking he should not be able to he should focus on being the champion his work with callus is good his in-ring work is good i like that that character i don't know why he's sort of steering away from the well i do know why he's steering away from the, the horseman thing because they have him stuck in this impact nonsense which is doing nothing for anybody except the good brothers and don callus getting money but don callus at least works well with with uh kenny the Good Brothers, they, they're just glutes. They, they don't make sense with anybody. They don't elevate anything. And their whole thing with the Bucks is ridiculous. I mean, two weeks ago, they're going with Papa Buck in the ambulance. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, they're always late to the rescue. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't understand any of that. It's like it's like bipolar. Yeah, definitely bipolar. Like, like Chris and I have been saying for months now, this company is bipolar. <laughs> just the way they book things... It's just ridiculous. It doesn't make sense at times. And the thing is, I like the product per se. I just don't understand where they're going with it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't get... That sounds bipolar me saying that, but it's exactly what it is. It's fucking bipolar. So that means I'm bipolar because I just said I like the damn thing. But 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 what I don't understand, um, with the Good Brothers, is this all this impact partnership was? Yes. So it was just to get the Good Brothers. So why didn't they fucking sign these guys? Why not actually throw money before Impact actually signed them? I, I don't, I don't Cause, understand. Because they blow monkey chunks? No. I mean, do you want to know what I really think? I, 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 think I think it was before they got the money for the second show. Okay, and since they, since they got the money for the second show and they're not producing a second show, now they've got $15 million to blow. They didn't then. And, and this is a way to do everyone a favor and pretend it's like a... A big deal um i don't know if anybody listen my, my whole theory on this is that the whole thing with new japan is basically a farce the you entire think? i think that new japan got over i think what they what they realized is that yeah they got screwed by omega not being the centerpiece of their north american expansion but then they once aw came into the picture they realized that kenny omega was not a draw in the united states and actually this moxley guy sort of is and they could do just as well, if not better, with Moxley. And they realized, huh, we actually have an upgrade. So if we want our North American champion to perform on U.S. soil, on U.S. air TV for New Japan, and these guys want to work with us so much, let's let Kenta go on there once or twice. Let's let them say Bullet Club and wear Bullet Club shirts once or twice. And that's it. Now we, now we, we can basically ask for whatever we want, and we can give them as little as, as, as we want to give. I think New Japan played them for fools and they got their measure of revenge. Now, maybe that in and of itself opens the door wider one day, but I, I don't think that there's any cause for that. I don't think that New Japan gets anything out of that. Um, so, no, I mean, I still see New Japan guys wrestling with Ring of Honor and UWN and uh, MLW people as well. So this forbidden door that everyone's talking about, it, it wasn't so forbidden. It was just forbidden for... <laughs> the aw promotion we saw finn juice go to impact and learned it had nothing to do with this 
arrangement. It was it was predecided some time ago. So yeah, Private Party and Matt Hardy had a couple matches on Impact. There was that whole story with Sammy Guevara, and maybe there was going to be more. I mean, I've always thought it was fluid, sort of week to week, and maybe Sammy soured them on the whole thing. Who knows? Well, Chris, have you got anything to say about this? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, ever since the beginning of all this with the whole impact thing, like we've we've been excited, you know, about the potential. And um, I think I still am excited about whatever potential there is. But there does come a point where you have to sort of say, well, potential is is, is something that may or may not ever come to fruition. And if it just doesn't happen, and it just doesn't happen, and it just doesn't happen, eventually, you have to say, well, despite what potential I saw to begin with, or what potential I hoped was there, it's just not. And it seems more and more like this potential that existed for AEW to sort of be this culmination point for Japan and several under and several other smaller promotions to come together. It just doesn't seem like that's what the appetite is, whether that's AEW not quite having the appetite to to push impact as a major thing or not having the the appetite to push ROAs our ROH stars as as a major thing or you know if it's something you know the opposite where Sinclair doesn't want to play ball and where New Japan Pro Wrestling doesn't want to really jump into bed um, whatever it is at a certain point you do have to sort of look at it and say well potential or not the reality is this and I think Jeff's entirely right when he's describing what the reality is here and that's that there just isn't what we thought there was there Jeff? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Chris agrees with me, and I agree with me, so I think it's your turn to time. <laughs> well, I'd like to, I'll, I'd want to think that this Forbidden Door is wide open, and I won't lie, I was excited when Kenta like, debuted on Dynamite. It was huge. Look, everybody knows I'm a big New Japan fan. I love the promotion. Technically, to me, if anyone should have been Booker of the Year, it should have been Gato, and I'm not just saying that because of Malta and I know his fucking love story with New Japan and, and Japanese wrestling in general. I am a legit fan of Japanese wrestling. But in saying that, I'm starting to agree with, with both of you guys. I mean, what, what you said, Jeff, is pretty spot on. They probably did get shafted by New Japan. And I don't know, I won't go as far and say that Kenny wasn't a draw in North America or in, the, in any Western country in particular. Because, dude, I'll tell you now. When New Japan first toured here in Melbourne, Australia, they got a full house, man. And that wasn't even a pay-per-view yet. They did a pay-per-view the year after. But the first time was basically like a house show. It was on New Japan World, but it was just a house show, right? And dude, it was packed. And I'll tell you now, everybody came for Kenny. The, the place exploded for Kenny, man. And, and look, even when he was wrestling in Ring of Honor, when he was in Ring of Honor like for a few matches it would pretty much sell the house man so i won't go as far and say you see you don't think that i i think he... I, I know it didn't because uh, ring of honors here i mean they, they they've had listen i mean did they do better when they were involved with new japan and bullet club and all that yes they did did it really matter whether kenny was here or not i mean people got excited but it didn't sell tickets i mean ring of honor hasn't sold a lot of tickets in a while but i mean all you know all I'm going to say about your story is that 
that's not the United States. You're in Australia. The point was it was Australia. Right. I also say that, I, I mean, you probably don't get a lot of promotions touring down there regularly. They probably come every few years, so it's very special. So it's different if they're here all the time and, and you could, you know, go to, a, you know, see Kenny Omega, you know, you know, picture a year ago, you could see Kenny Omega every week if you wanted to. It's not special. So it's not necessarily about him, but the ratings show he's not a draw. I mean, Impact last week did 130,000, which was a drop of 40,000 from the week before, which was a drop of over 90,000 from the week before. 130,000 is less than their 2020 average. Right. Not their low point, their average. It's tw- It was 24,000 less than than their 2020 average. That was with Sammy Callahan as the champion for part of that year. Um, so listen, I, I, I don't want to talk badly about Kenny as a wrestler. I think he's a good wrestler and I, I'm enjoying his heel work as a character. I'd like the cleaner. I like Bullet Club. I have a Bullet Club shirt. I've got Bullet Club socks. I have a villain umbrella, <laughs> even though uh, Marty has disgraced himself and, and me by extension. Um, so I'm not a hater of any of that. I mean, I, you know, but I think there was a big difference in, in scale. Ring of Honor and New Japan had an arrangement. In the United States, Ring of Honor people generally went over uh, unless it was a big, big match with like a Okada or Tanahashi and then they would split. When they were in Japan, New Japan people went over unless it was something very important. And if they sent pe- someone on an excursion, Jay White, by the end of his year in Ring of Honor was to look stronger than he was when he started. And that's what happened. They, 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 and they had uh, years of trust. It's not, it's not really, it's not really the point. And I don't want to, I just think that Kenny is a bad booker. And I don't think that, I think that he only does things by his tastes. And I think the Bucks are the same way, though. I think that their taste is actually a little bit more expansive than, than Kenny's. And I think that Cody lacks any perspective whatsoever. Um, I think that as <laughs> confident as he comes off, I think he's actually really, really insecure. And anybody, you. whoever he talks to most recently can convince him of anything. I think that he knows better, but he can't do better. I mean, the whole thing that there was a story that emerged in the Casino Battle Royal that involves the Nightmare family, which is getting bigger and bigger, where it's the gun club and QT Marshall and, and Dustin and and now QT is turning here and that's going to be a story. I mean, come on. None of those guys belong on TV. Not, nobody needed to see that pay-per-view. But I've been saying almost nothing but bad stuff for what feels like three days now. <laughs> Let me talk about some of the good. Let's go. Okay. I thought the ladder match was great. I don't necessarily agree that, that Caster or Dan Press 10 had any claim to be in that match. I don't really know what Penta's done to deserve it in AEW, though I love him. Ethan Page is a good wrestler, but he's not a big get, and there's no reason why he should be in a contendership match. <laughs> that, those things aside, I thought that match was great. I only have one major issue with it, and guess what that is? That's Cody, who <laughs> pretends he's hurt, leaves the match, not for a few minutes to get battle attention. He leaves for like 15 minutes and then comes back. I get it if you're knocked out and getting medical attention, you know, ringside or whatever, and, and they're like, we have to make sure he's, he can go. You that's, all, that's one thing. You don't get to sit out 15 minutes of the match and come back fresh 
as if nothing's happened. I mean, at least he didn't win. But you know that that wouldn't work for anyone but Cody, and that that I just that I thought was a foul. But it was almost harmless error. But I could just throw the yellow flag on that for pass interference. But not like today's pass interference, but it's a 15-yard penalty. Like if if you cost 50 yards, it was a 50-yard penalty. It was it, it was that bad. But I thought the ladder match was great. I'm glad Scorpio Sky won. I think he's getting that title on, on Wednesday. The cinematic and, – and I don't mean that this is the coverage of these matches. We, we can certainly circle back as you guys choose. But I'm just trying to say positive things. I thought the cinematic match – was actually really well done and quite entertaining. I have gripes with it, and I've been doing the hashtag fire Taz thing, so of course uh-huh. them losing fits into that. But of course Sting and Darby were going to win this match. So I'll do my little Taz rant later if there's time or whatever it is, but I actually thought this match was very well filmed. I thought the story was pretty good. Uh, I, I thought the, the moves were great. I think Sting looked good. There was one place where there was obviously a stunt cut in, but so what? Um, and you know, I, I, I thought it was good. I thought that, you know, there was some really, I think that uh, Darby elbow drop from like three stories up was really cool. I thought Brian Cage holding Darby in the uh, suplex upward upright position of walking up a flight of stairs was amazing. Uh, I thought that the camera work was, was clever. Apparently Darby was a film student and he had a lot of influence on that. That was cool. I, I sort of liked the intro, how they came in, in the cars. Of course, Brian Cage has a cheesy car. Um <laughs> You know, the skateboarding and, and the like the skate water scheme thing or skate scheme thing that yeah you know, that fits I, I mean I think it's dopey but it fits the character so that was that was good I thought it was good I thought the the face paint being half and half on sting half Darby's face paint so sort of like Joker's thing but Darby now and half you know crow's thing I thought that was a cool that was a good touch um so I thought that was really well done um I thought it took a while but Miro, actually look mostly strong for, for a nice change. Um, hopefully he's done with Chuck and Trent and Orange Cassidy and soon to be done with Kip um, and on to better things because he can and should be a monster there. He can and should be a monster anywhere, but certainly there. So I thought that that was improvement. When I saw the Bucks in a circle match, I thought it was pretty good. I rewatched the show today it really wasn't, but it wasn't terrible. It, I mean, it, it was a Bucks match. There was some very clever choreography and some very clever uh, spots, but they were spots. It was contrived, a lot of waiting around. And if they're going to win, and I don't mind that they won. I'm actually, I'm, I actually prefer that they won. If they're going to win, and it's the redemption story, of all the times not to have their weirdo father there, I mean, that's the one time he should have been there to see them win and, and to, you know, maybe for him to like, you know, step on MJF's fingers while he's down and kick Jericho in the gut or something like that. And, yeah, and then they all walk off together hugging or something. I mean, that would have been okay. Okay, last good yeah, thing. Yeah, Papa Buck, Papa Buck definitely should have showed up with like a shiny dragon shirt <laughs> for, yeah. for each of his kids. Absolutely. Like, it, I mean... <laughs> the, the only good thing about that match, and I swear to God, I understand that the that the wrestling that the internet wrestling community will hate me for this for this opinion, and probably already do hate me for this opinion. Because let's be honest, I've had this opinion 
I can't stand Young Buck matches because it always seems like it's just a series of, okay, we have this spot to begin with, and then next we'll go to the next spot, and then next we'll go to the next spot, and then next we'll go to the next spot, and anytime we get lost, we'll just do super kicks. It, it's 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 infuriating. I hate watching these guys wrestle. I don't see what people see in these guys. I really don't. There was one part that was particularly infuriating. There was a part where Matt Jackson could barely move. He barely got the, the tag in on Nick. He gets the tag in on Nick, and then four seconds later, they both climb to the top ropes, and Matt Jackson does a, a splash from the top rope to the floor. I mean, he, he could barely make a tag not 10 seconds early. It's, I mean, it's just, well, it's like you were yep. saying. Um, but on first watching, it wasn't so bad. On second watching, it got worse. <laughs> That's all. That's all I can say. I can't believe Positive. you to yourself, Jeff. Watching it twice. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to watch. Believe me, the second time I watched it, I I was liberal with a fast forward. It's not like I watched four and a half hours. Right, twice. right. <laughs> um, but I I specifically wanted to count how many explosions there were before there was the dud of the final explosion, <laughs> so that they could. So how much how much time they had to say, geez, this is not going to work out. There were six, by the way. There, there oh, were I six thought it was eight. Right. Okay. Including the baseball bat? Uh, well, the baseball bat, uh, I'm not sure if I included that or not, because that was sort of a pass, because it was so close that I, I said, okay, though, I'm not, I mean, again, nothing, you know, there was no blood in the eye or anything like right, that. Right. I mean, the, the detail just wasn't there. Okay. I'm good. pretty sure they blew their pyro, uh, their pyro budget on Cody's entrance. That's 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 what I think probably happened. <laughs> well, he's now he's now discovered the purple nebula, so it's... It, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know what it's what it's all about um i like a battle royal i like any battle royal you know what so that was even, a lot better than i thought man i actually enjoyed it myself too i mean there was a lot of garbage in there there are way too many teams way some too many right? stories in there i think they're trying to do something with this bear country i don't quite see it myself they they i mean they very much look like a 1981 like you know mid-south Georgia Championship Wrestling, Continental Wrestling team, like sort of like the Dawsons were in, or the Swans. I can't remember if the Swans or the Dawsons in NWA Power about a year ago. Um, but they just look like this you know, country bumpkin sort of you know, like big palookas that, you know, probably get into bar fights. <laughs> Man, I thought they were like, uh, what do you call it? What's, uh, what's the fucking, what's the team called again from WWE with, uh, what's his name? Bushwhacker wannabe? Oh my god, Otis and uh, oh, Heavy, heavy machinery? machinery. Yeah, they reminded me of Heavy Machinery. But that was good as Heavy Machinery. I mean, don't, don't, do they not dress? So, they remind me of them and War Machine in a cross. Sort of like a bit of a cross of them both. But like a poor I, man. I see thing. the War Machine more physically speaking. Right, I mean, right. The moveset is different. I mean, I, I can see the moveset for um, Heavy Machinery, but they really do remind me of like, a, like they should be an NWA power. That, that's what they yeah, definitely but i mean we had the varsity blondes we had the Seidel brothers we had the gun club we had we had six members of the dark order and they could win of course evil oh, eliminates himself which was like my favorite part of the entire show because <laughs> evil dose of course is the enemy of evil uno <laughs> i just want to say quickly about that about that particular match about <laughs> dark order First of all, how many Dark Order members were in that match? At least six or six. eight, maybe. So there were six. All right. Mm -hmm. How pathetic does that make them look? The fact that they couldn't... Very... Even, it makes them look pathetic. 
Does yes. it not? It yes. buries them. It totally buries them. They should have not done that. Unless they were going to go over, they should have not had all those members in the match because they look silly. You know what I'm saying? It looks dumb. It looks stupid. I don't know why they decided to do that, whoever booked it. It did go for too long, I felt, and there was way too many teams. And what what about SCU? Does that mean they've, they're no more, or what happens now? They they said in on commentary that because it wasn't a regular match, that stipulation didn't count, which is garbage. And, garbage. and, and, who, and who cares whether they're together or not? Right, what I'm else are those two going to do? Right, right. I mean, they might as well have their, their split up their, their breakup feud uh, and do it on elevation or, or whatever. I mean, it's it, it's like they're holding back on this thing that nobody cares about. I mean, I get everything got sidetracked for this giant impact thing. By the way, speaking of this, there were too many teams in it, but why weren't, A, the Good Brothers in it, who seemed to be interested in, in the AW tagging? And I was expecting them to be in it. So was I. And B, why weren't FTR in it? Do they not merit a chance of being in in the same match as the Gun Club and the Varsity Blondes for for a number one contendership? I assume Sorry. I assume with FTR they probably didn't want them to lose. That's probably why they weren't booked in the match. Because let's be real here, I'm sure you guys would agree. They've kind of they, they've been fifty fifty booked. Like you know what I mean? They look strong one week, then they look weak the other week, then strong again. Like, it's about so I, a royal. Who cares yeah, about I know, royal? I know, but they I take mean, themselves they, pretty serious, Jeff. They sure don't care about uh, proud and powerful losing oh, and, and Jurassic Express, which is their their dream team. They 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 can lose, okay, no problem. That's another thing. If anyone, I was expecting them to to win it. I actually was expecting them to win it, but they look like clowns in this match. And Chris, I mean, do you have any anything to say about this battle royal? You know, like, I I have the same, like, general feeling as Jeff does in that I like Battle Royals, you know, usually. Um, AEW, I mean, God, man, like, this thing this thing went off the rails for me. This thing was as hard to follow, almost as hard to follow as a Young Bucks match, which, again, like, we've, we've, you've heard what I think about Young Bucks matches. Um that moment where evil uno just eliminated himself was like god man like call a better audible like call some better fucking audible than that look at someone in the ring and say hey punch me so i can fucking fall down here don't run into a goddamn corner and fall down like (laughs) they've there's already enough silly shit if it was like max master one of the kids from top flight i get it they're kids Evil Uno has been in this business two decades. It's true, man. Like, my God, man. Like, call a better fucking audible. Like I said, like, there's there's already enough silly shit on this show. There's already enough... Um, there's There were already enough things that went wrong in this show that for that to happen is just like... You're putting just an extra thing on, on the barbecue, you know, on the Bobby. It's just like one more thing, right? Like one more thing to say, look at how stupid this fucking company looks. I, I, I mean, my God, man, like watch literally when I watched that, I just sort of threw my hands up in the air and I just kind of went, you know what? Like, I don't say this very often, you know, I don't say this all the time, but, but like, Maybe Corny's right about this fucking company. <laughs> I, I like 
This is dumb. This was stupid. I have a question. Was Marco Stunt in this battle royal? No. So wasn't he around like acting as a nuisance though? Wasn't he yeah. the one that got in the way he with Bruno? Yes. Yeah, he was trying to deliver um, a, a hurricane Rana, to I think Evil it was. Uno. He's the one who botched, and then Evil Uno had to eliminate himself. Yeah, which Ridiculous. looks even more silly. <laughs> it looked dumb. Yeah, man, this look as entertaining as this kind of was. There was a lot of stupidity, and I just wanted to quickly say, man, who's who's um who's Austin Gunn's brother? What's Austin Gunn's brother's name? Nobody cares. Yeah, well, I don't even know his name, but I'll say one thing. That is accurate. Does he not look like his father, a spitting image or what? Like, he looks exactly... And I thought Austin Gunn looked like his dad, but the other one looks even more like his dad. Like, in every way. They both resent... Yes, you're right. The, the, the thinner one in the face looks exactly like his father, but in the shape of his head, the younger one, or, or the, the shorter one does. But, I mean, it's got to be tough when your father is so much more jacked than you are. And you're in the prime <laughs> And he's like, he's got to be 50. He was 57. Yeah, so he's, he's 58, so, I think. Yeah, he's probably, if he's not 58 yet, he is very soon. Right. I mean, and yes, we all know it's steroids. But steroids don't don't make you look like that by themselves. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. He's that's still right. got to pump some iron to get looking like right, that, man. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You're still working <laughs> super hard to look like that. And he can still work, man. I mean, he, he look, as old as he is, he looks more like he's 45, in my opinion, say. You know what I mean? Even younger. I mean, he looks great. He looks brilliant. But enough of the guns. I mean, he can still work. What's the, like, what's yeah. the, what exactly is the standard that they're holding anybody to in this fucking company? If the standard to whether or not you can work in AEW is do you run into the side of a fucking ring post and eliminate yourself in a battle royal, then everybody can work. I can fucking work. I can get in there and do that shit. I agree, man, 100%. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, this goes back to the Christian signing. This is nothing is. against Christian necessarily. It's unnecessary. It, it's not going to add any eyes to the product. Christian is not a ratings changer. He's not a game changer. He's just taking someone else's spot. I mean, not that Ethan Page is great, but any chance of greatness he had in the near future has been hindered by hiring Christian and by keeping Matt Hardy. Both those guys are going to be on TV every single week. That's one less person who's going to be in TV or one less person that's going to be in TV on anything other than a 6-12 to 12 person tag team match. I mean... I don't blame anybody for taking that kind of money, especially when you're working for oh, no doubt. in the Indies. Right. Um, you know, Ethan Page is a nice guy. He interacts on social media. Though. A friend of mine said, that's because he's bored. He's got nothing to do most of the time. <laughs> like, good. All right. Well, maybe you're right. But that, that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's just, they have, you know, if you believe in building up your long, your young talent, you don't need to keep picking up all of, all of these scrap pe people. I mean, what is Paul White really going to do? Does anyone believe that they brought him in for commentary? So he's going to be taking people's spots as well. Would it be interesting to see him against Shaquille O'Neal or Lance Archer? Maybe for two and a half minutes. Then it's just going to be like, wow, this is slow and awkward. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, and if he is just there for commentary, it's weird because he's like four times bigger than than you know some of their... This is a promotion built around Sammy Guevara, who's been missing, 
right. uh, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, and and people of of, of that kind of stature. And then you're gonna have a, a you know, you got Billy Gunn and the Big Show standing around, basically dwarfing them. It's, it's just it's just weird to me. It just it just, it just doesn't compute in my head. Yeah, well, that makes three of us, Jeff, because <laughs> this company, man, it, it's something. That's all I want to say. But uh, I wanted to touch on um, <laughs> the the Matt Hardy and uh, Adam Page match, which uh, what was the point of this? I mean, we all knew Hangman was going to go over in this match, and even worse, how dopey was the dark order coming out all there to catch their savior you know what i mean like that, that was just so dumb because they're just waiting there they're just sitting there like falling to our arms and the way page fell back and speaking mm. of page how many pages were were on the show last night at least two well there's there's at least there's three two pages and two cage there's two pages there's two cages and there's diamond dallas page so yeah, right. we could just call we could just bring them all together and call them the rock of ages <laughs> And then that would be that would be a great new uh, great new fucking commentary on everything. Would just be the Rock of Ages. Everybody whose last name ends with A G E. Like, well, if you want to make it a Silence of the Ams commentary, you could make it a Doctor Seuss book. Hey, that's <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, boys... we've got two pages. We've got two pages. We have another page. It's the Rock of Ages. Oh my, who hears a who? <laughs> it gives a hood. <laughs> well, boys, we should go on a little break because we've got a timer about to wind down and we'll come back. This is the PWC on the Rational Rage Network. Give us one moment. You're listening to the Rational Rage Network. Welcome back to the PWC on the Rational Rage Network. Now, where were we, boys? We're up to the Hangman page uh matt hardy match right yes sir all right go for it boys whoever wants to start well i'll go ahead and i'll go ahead and just sort of say like there were two matches that absolutely did not belong on this pay-per-view like this pay-per-view absolutely did not need at least two of these matches and it was uh, the Page and Matt Hardy match, it did not need to be on here. This could have been on the, the pre-show or the kickoff or whatever the hell they call it. And uh, Miro and Kip Stabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Now, I'm not saying that these were necessarily bad matches, right? But when you have a pay-per-view that goes like four and a half hours, you, you start to wonder, okay, what could have been cut and what should have been cut? And even though I personally can't stand the, the the Young Bucks, you know, that's a tag team title match. That belongs on the pay-per-view. Uh, the women's championship match belongs on the pay-per-view. You know, there's a number of different things like that. But, I mean, yeah, Paige and Hardy was just an excuse to get a bunch of people on TV that otherwise didn't really belong or didn't really need to be on this pay-per-view. Um and Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor is just not a big deal. It's it's a feud over someone broke a video game. It, I don't I don't care. Everybody keeps saying, "Oh, like you you're just taking the context too seriously." No, I'm taking the context exactly as it is, as it actually is in real life for the storyline. Is that you broke my video game, now I'm angry. That's where this started. 
That's what this is about. And it's garbage. It is beneath all of these guys, except maybe Orange Cassidy, who I think is kind of crap anyway. <laughs> like, there's no other way to put that. I, I don't like this. I, I didn't think that it belonged on here. It wasted a bunch of time. And again, four and a half hours. You're If you, if you do a four and a half hour uh, show, you are going to piss me off at some point. And I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to trash everything about the, I'm going to, I'm going to not like everything that fucking happens from here on out at a certain point. Like, dude, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. But each one of those fucking movies is three hours long and that's <laughs> long the fuck enough. I agree. 100%. Go Jeff. And those matches were the Hobbit. Um, <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah. I'm just going to continue on my Susical the musical. Hardy had a party. <laughs> The party was private. The private <laughs> party was not fun. They were not hardy. The dark order. The dark order. They were smarty. No, this this match. Um, okay, I don't. I don't care about this match. I don't feel as strongly about it as Chris. I mean, I. I'm, I we are both spoiled and not spoiled by the WWE Network and having pay per views that are that are, thankfully have been two and a half and three hours long lately. Uh, which makes them much more pleasant. I am sympathetic that if they're going to charge 50 bucks to the average consumer that they feel like they have to do more than than three hours. I am not sympathetic to the fact that, that of that, there was a the pre-show match is a buy-in for absolutely nothing. The buy-in doesn't get you anything. The first buy-in got you into the Casino Battle Royal. I mean, it made sense just using the name over and over again. Just call it a pre-show match at this point. It, it's not for anything. Um, they also did a half hour of a commercial when you've already bought the show. I mean, it, it's dumb. It's like recapping everything, which they replayed the same recaps in different segments. I mean, I, I understand that that's what pay-per-views have always been, but if you're a different company, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do recaps for every story. If someone's plopped down 50 bucks, best believe they already know the story. But if you're going to recap the things, Recap them once, either do it in, in between the show, you know, as bathroom breaks or do a half hour show in the beginning, not both. Um, that said, this match was for the first quarter earnings of 2021. This match occurred on March 7th. The first quarter ends March 31st. So what are they going to do? Retroactively collect nine weeks of the pay? It's dumb. It, it, it even the comedy that could come from this, that can flow from this, and there's plenty. You you could see private party throwing matches so that Hardy's share doesn't go to Page, or you can see private party winning a big match and and they give Matt the money and then Page comes and gets it. Or you know, let's just say he he sends all seven members of Dark Order to collect the money or or he you know brings an AOP and Eric Rowan to collect the money or whatever it is. You know, you could see comedy here going forward, but it would make much more sense if it was the second quarter earnings, because then it's going forward. Um, now I know that I'm probably in the vast minority of people that even picked up on this or even cares, but I, I care deeply about it because you could you could you could get me off this stupid soapbox just by changing the number one to two. And, okay, I understand there's not an S and a T. There's now an N and a D also. So, 
if I'm going to be that nitpicky, I might as well say you need to change three characters, but that that's it. Um, this match could only go one way. I mean, there were almost no unpredictable matches on this card. The only thing that was unpredictable at all was the Casino Battle Royal, and frankly, most people predicted it and predicted it correctly, which also begs the question as to why was Pac and Phoenix the last team to enter, because where's the drama in that? But I, I thought Santana and Ortiz would win, partly because I was hoping that they would win. I thought that they were going to be taken more seriously. And I thought that it would further the schism in the inner circle. It would it would work in, in, in that regard as well. But no, of, of course not. Why would it? Um, I didn't think much of this match. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that the stuff of the Dark Order was contrived. I don't like Private Party. I thought that their whole thing was stupid. I think the ref should have just ejected them, the end. Um, Matt Hardy can barely move. There's not a, there's not enough distraction in the world to make up for the fact that one of his legs basically doesn't move. He basically is Long John Silver out there. <laughs> I, I don't know why his wife let him do this. I don't know why she lets him continue to do this. I'm pretty sure he got concussed again last night. Uh, I'm not even joking. And my spirit animal is now girl on cinema, and she was exactly <laughs> right about my, Matt Hardy. Well, so we got Long John Silver as Matt Hardy. I mean, that's that's a first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first by the, by the foreign object. And we're not talking about Jeff. We're talking about something else, something else that's really foreign. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about, Jeff? No, I don't. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Long John Silver, that foreign object. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. But anyway. Uh, I couldn't agree with you any more than what you just said about Matt Hardy. Me, me and Chris were saying this last week, I believe, on the skirmish about yep. how stiff he looks out there. The guy, and when we say stiff, I'm not talking about punches or kicks. I'm talking about just by the way he moves because he, he looks he looks like he needs a hip operation or a hip replacement. He looks like he needs another leg. And we're not talking about the middle one. And... And by all means, I mean, really, he needs to give it up. I'm happy for Matt that he's still getting a payday. Don't get that twisted, because I really am. And he'd be, he's great as a manager. I think that would be, that's perfect for him right now to, to be his role. But he should just get out of the ring because he just, he doesn't look good, man. And you're probably right. He probably was concussed again. But uh, as far as private party goes, for me, I like this change of attitude. I don't know if I like the pairing with Matt Hardy. It's okay, but they look stupid again this time because the week before, man, what was it? Cassidy, was it Cassidy that uh, had the match? Isaiah Cassidy with uh, Hangman yes. Page? That, uh, well, no, last week, I think it was Mark Quinn. It, it, yeah, it was okay. Mark Quinn last week and the week before it was Cassidy. Yeah. Okay, the one with Cassidy though, that match was brilliant. I mean, that match was, match. it was a great match. It was stiff. Well, you didn't like it, Jeff? I don't like anything that Isaiah Cassidy does because he just looks so, he's so unimpressive looking. Right. So and usually... I I, it's like Dominic Mysterio. I don't care what he can do. I'm, I'm not interested in watching. Well, look, you're right. I agree. Usually I would have agreed with that you, 100%. You don't have to agree. No, no, no. That, no I'm being honest, though, because, hey, me and Chris, how many times were we giving shit to private party up until that point? We yeah, I like that match. I thought that uh, I thought that Cassidy did a really good job selling in that match. Thought that 
I thought I think that both him and Mark Quinn have gotten quite a bit better since this pairing with Matt Hardy started. And I don't know if that's just Matt Hardy telling them, "Hey guys, you need to slow down," and you with the fucking screeching, don't do that oh, again. <laughs> like I I don't know exactly what's going on if it is Matt Hardy, but I I, I have noticed that uh, Quinn definitely put on some muscle um, in the last definitely few weeks. He's gained probably fifteen to twenty pounds of muscle, and I mean that you yeah, can no. see it on him. Uh, right. From the last time that he was out there, and uh, Cassidy looked good in that match. Like he really, really did a good job. And what I said when we did that show, Jeff, was like, if this is what we can expect at a private party moving forward, then I was wrong about them because I've been saying since I first started them that there's nothing here. Like there's nothing about these guys that makes me excited. They, you know, people are like, oh, they're athletic. Everybody's athletic. Welcome to wrestling in 2021. There's nothing impressive about being able to do a, a, a jumping jack anymore. It doesn't. It's not cool. It's not anything. It's just. It's par for the damn course. But I did think that 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 match with with uh, Hangman was good, and uh, I, I was impressed to see that Mark Quinn was moving a little bit slower and more deliberate in that tag match last week. And also say what you want, man, putting on 15 pounds of muscle is tough. Like that's hard work. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's what, what, what I mean, Jeff, it's usually I do. I agree with you, but I thought they turned the corner the last couple of weeks. Like even with Quinn, his demeanor's changed. Not only has his, like his muscle, he's gained a lot more muscle. But his demeanor has changed. I feel like he's he just looks better in general. I don't know what it is. Both of them. And the other one doesn't screech anymore, thank God, because that is just the... It used to piss me off every time it's I'd hear shits. him scream like a bitch. Seriously, he'd be like, eh, whatever the fuck he does. They used to annoy the crap out of me, right? But now apparently he's so serious. But then we got this match where they look like dummies again. So hopefully, like... You know what I mean? They keep going forward with these guys. Hey, inconsistent booking on right, AEW? Right. What are you talking about, Jimmy? Right. That could never happen. <laughs> None, not at all. Let me, let me ask you this question. Since the pairing with Matt Hardy and Private Party, since the, in, in the very beginning, it seemed like maybe it was something. But since that time, in my opinion, who has surpassed Private Party on the pecking order of tag teams in AEW, pretty much everyone in in, in Phoenix way. who have been a team for about three weeks. Right, right. I think so. Top flight, uh, the acclaimed. I think the Varsity Blondes are either right there or have surpassed them. I already think Bear Country, who's appeared all of twice, has surpassed them in in stature. Stature. TH two is their equal now. They were they were a joke. I'm more yeah. interested in Cesar Bonini, not with uh -huh. Peter Avalon, but I'm more interested in Cesar Bonini than I am in them. I would like to see Cesar Bonini and Luchasaurus, when he turns heel as a team, maybe have Peter Avalon manage them. Because <laughs> um, Cesar Bonini is like a diamond in the rough. He's like he's like Donovan Dijakovic with a better physique, he, and and he's an athletic big man. They should you know they should really leverage that, but no, they don't do that because they don't like athletic. I'll tell you why no, they don't do that. No, they don't like big men at all. If right. you're over six foot two, you're <laughs> exactly. a jobber in AEW. Exactly. I mean, you have three teams on the Dark Order who are on equal par with Private Party. You have arguably three teams, but two teams in the inner circle. Of course, we're going to be down to one pretty soon, but who were ahead 
of private party. So where have private Jurassic party gone? Express. Jurassic Express is ahead of them. FDR is expired. Why ahead? Why I would ahead? say that those teams were already ahead of them. I mean, are they much ahead of SCU? Uh, maybe a little bit, but if they I, actually sued this SCU, we break up if we don't win story. If they actually weren't sidetracked by impact and they actually did that every week, then SCU would have surpassed them also. So all I'm saying is that, the, that AEW, when they pair younger stars with older stars, it it doesn't usually elevate them. In fact, usually the, the bigger star gets diminished. I think Paige is diminished by the Dark Order. I think Miro is diminished agree. by Kip and all that. There have been exceptions. I think that Jake Roberts helped Archer. Big time. Um, Don Callis, ironically, who doesn't work for AW, has helped Kenny Omega. Um, and there's, and there's, and I think the inner circle guys, even though they do mostly lose, I, I think their status is still sort of up there yeah, by being Jericho. But it's Jericho, right. for God's sake. Um, Sting and Darby, maybe. Uh, I'll say let's let's give that one a yes. Put that in the yes column for now. Anyone else has 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 helped Team Taz? They've been a disaster. Has Vicky helped Nyla? No. So uh, you know who who is who's elevating. I mean, who is Christian going to elevate? I don't know. Probably no one. Himself. <laughs> yeah, definitely himself. I mean, yeah, look, I think uh, the problem here is AEW have overbooked shit way too much. They've got too many, they've got too many acquisitions too fast, I think. They need to slow down just a little bit. And like you said earlier, Jeff, they need to concentrate on their young talent first and foremost and I'm not talking about on dark, all right? Because I didn't even know SCU were on a six win, on a six win streak. Obviously, they've been wrestling on dark, right? Because I haven't been watching it, and like they just need to just take a step back, push the wrestlers they really want to push, and I don't know what to do with the rest because they've got way too many people like on their roster. I feel. Let you me know? tell you one thing I did. I watched the special dark on Saturday night. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And and three really good things happened on dark that should have happened on Dynamite. Okay. And especially last week's Dynamite, where the second hour was a disaster. Big Swole cut an amazing promo. I mean, she really She's did. She's awesome, it was a great dude. Promo. Right. I don't know if she is. I've never thought she was awesome before. I like I her, man. Moments, but that was great. And it sounded real. And it sounded like usually what you hear the AEW people when they come from WWE, it sounded like a, a you know, a, a, it was like a Daniel Bryan from the heart kind of promo. It was that kind of, I'm being wasted. I, you know, they're, they're sitting on me. I'm being squandered and, and everyone's jumping ahead of me. I'm, I, I become the number one contender in the rankings for what? To hear about a tournament that I'm not even in? That was good shit, man. And you had Miro be a monster and speak in Russian and yell game over. That was good shit. And there was a third thing. I can't even remember what it was. I know I posted in the PWC. Hopefully our listeners read it. But there were three things that happened on Saturday Night Dark that nobody watched. I don't even know why I watched it. And and the wrestling on that was was fairly atrocious as well, especially the second half. But those three things were good segments that should have been in Dynamite that really would have helped that Wednesday show that was a disaster. Yeah, well, and you know, the thing is, is like... They're doing all this stuff because they've got this second show. They've got this budget for a second show, and they've got a name for the second show. It's going to be AEW Dark Elevator or whatever the hell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, 
that's fine and everything. And I understand people wanting more, you know, people are like, Oh, great. That's more. Okay. Like all the booking problems aside, do you know what Eric Bischoff pointed to as the number one reason WCW began to fall apart? Do tell. Thunder. Yeah, that's true. The introduction of Thunder, he has said a number of times, was worse than the finger poke of doom, was was more damaging than bringing in you know, this booker and that booker and the other booker, he said it was more damaging than completely resetting the championships in 2000. He said that it was the number one reason why WCW began to fall apart was because they went to a second show. And he said that when it first happened, he thought it was a joke. When somebody first told him, hey, you're going to do a second show, he thought they were joking. And his reaction was, it'll dilute the program too much. And it'll make it so that our stars, our young stars aren't getting over. Well, guess what's going to happen now? And guess what AEW keeps doing in terms of their signings? They're not signing up the younger talent. They're signing up guys like Christian Cage. And listen, listen, you are going to really have to scrape the internet to find anyone who is as excited as I am that Christian Cage is in AEW. I'm stoked for it. I happen to know that that guy has the mind for wrestling and he's going to be able to do exciting things in AEW. He's he's still like if he's able to work at all, he's still one of the best in-ring competitors and he's a guy who has shown in the past to be very unselfish, you know, in terms of putting other people over and I think he'll do great in AEW. But that still means he's going to have to get over in order to help anybody else get over which means he's going to take time and effort and all this other stuff from the people around him and he's going to have to be elevated before he can elevate somebody else which is like you're just taking up time from the young roster and there's enough young guys on this on this show already who are being completely wasted like Scorpio Sky won the match tonight and I'm happy because I like Scorpio because I like Scorpio Sky but in the last two months what the fuck has Scorpio Sky been doing? Right. And and why does it make sense for him to even win now? Really? And that's the problem, man. What's he been doing? Right, right. And, and you know what, Chris? What you said about Christian, I 100% agree with you. And, and, and what they did gave him such a disservice because the way they hyped oh, up man. this guy, right? If they shouldn't have even said anything, they should have just let him appear. That way the fans wouldn't have been speculating like they were, right? And it would have been a bigger deal if he just appeared. That's just my opinion about it. And the thing is, if he would have just, right. come if he just out, appeared yeah. without all that hype, yeah. absolutely would have been much uh, more favorably received. Right. You know 100%. what I mean? hundred percent. Everybody would have, there, there would have been people who still would have been like, oh, they're signing another old guy. Yeah, and I get that sentiment. I would have been one but of them. There would have been a <laughs> lot of people who would have said, oh, cool. Christian's here. That, that, you know. He's a good worker. He might be able to help some people get over, but they hyped it up as if they were going to be able to sign Brock Lesnar or CM Punk right. or whatever. And it's just like, what? Well, at a certain point too, what that what that does is that alienates your your audience. Big okay, time. and right. there are people there are people out there who really really want to support AEW. I'm that guy. I want me, to support me AEW. Me too, man. Me but too. I come on here every week. I talk about all these fucking problems and all these stupid mistakes that these guys keep making. And this is one of the bigger ones. If you keep overhyping 
and under delivering eventually what happens is people just go yeah yeah you're gonna sign a, a big name yeah 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 whatever okay mm -hmm. i don't i don't i don't care i don't believe you nobody's coming you're gonna sign another 47 year old semi-retired professional wrestler and pretend like it's a big deal that's what you're gonna do tk and you lose your credibility with your audience and once you do that they're gone 100 percent agree with you Crystal. as well said man and it's a shame because like i said it really gives christian such a disservice when really he's much better than that you know what i mean and and it, and it's true it does alienate the fan base and everybody was up in arms because let's be honest this pay-per-view I, I hadn't seen that many comments in in facebook groups or on twitter for quite a while actually this pay-per-view had a lot of attention i was shocked at how many comments it was getting and and shit like that people were looking forward to the event Unfortunately, when you overhype something like the way they did, it's always bound to disappoint. And unfortunately, as good as the pay-per-view was overall, which it was okay, right? I'm not going to say it was great, but it was okay. Well, unfortunately, this, this segment here is sponsored by the Hammerlock Hangover in the Garden of Doom <laughs> nice. podcast and also the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Because I'm going <laughs> to because I don't know that anyone else has said it, and I don't even know that anyone else has thought it. And I'm not claiming it as some insight. Again, this is the Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is Caddy. <laughs> uh, I found it ironic that Christian came in, walked in, signed a fake contract, showed you his T-shirt, posed. The T-shirt says, outwork everyone. And he turned around and walked out. He did nothing. And his shirt said, outwork everyone. I mean, no one else finds that ironic? <laughs> he outworked everybody. Couldn't you see? He signed. He left. He delivered. That was it right okay but i just, you know I just thought it was funny i mean obviously clearly nobody else thinks it's amusing at all but i think if they kind of but let well, it marinate <laughs> well let me just say i knew for the second that countdown started i knew right away that was christian i knew it because i thought of his tna debut it was pretty much the same heck his theme is pretty much his the tna theme yeah it's it was exactly what was his name <laughs> and his name right we got cc's over here down in australia cc's is a is a chip brand right it's a corn chip brand so cc's it is you know what i mean but anyway like i was saying oh god don't mind my neighbors by the way because they're going crazy next door but anyway man the minute that countdown happened and then i heard that doo -doo 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 -doo. i'm like here we are tna 2006 all over again I mean, shit, it's not far from the truth, right? I mean, it's the same theme. It's Christian it Cage. Right. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt for now, right? We'll see where they go, but what are they going to do? They, they, they can't book. Someone's going to be on the chopping block right now. Who's going to miss out? Who's, whose spot is Christian going to take now? Is it going to be Lance Archer's now that they're pushing him again? I mean, who is it going to be? And this is the problem I've got with this company. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do they go? Like, where do they go? Like, who are they going to book next and stay on that path with? Well, you know who it won't be. It's not going to be the gun club. Right. <laughs> it, it's not going to be QT Marshall. It's not going to be Dustin Rhodes because of the agreement he made with his brother to get his father's tr trademark. Right. It's, okay that's that's speculation but the timing is is amazing um it, 
it's not going to be, you know, Vicky Guerrero. It's not going to be Brian Pillman Jr. You know, it's probably not even going to be Peter Avalon. It's not going to be Michael Nakazawa. There's literally 20 people they could let go of that don't matter. It's not going to be Hook. I mean, there's 20 people people they could get rid of, and you would still have the exact same problem that you have right now. Who are they going to get rid of? They could actually do a purge, and it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference in, in the bottleneck situation. I mean, people have accused WWE for Pudgy. years and years of hoarding and hoarding and hoarding. I feel like I'm watching the same people every week on TV on WWE. Sometimes I feel the same way about AEW, but, but they do a better job of rotating people in and out, and they have those huge multi-person matches. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, AEW is hoarding everyone, but it's like they're hoarding, like, mostly people that nobody needs to hoard. You could leave them on the indies and you could hire them on a per appearance, no problem. I, I just I just don't under I, I don't understand it. But anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. WWE isn't knocking down Peter Avalon's door to sign him to a contract or anything. Exactly. Or Griff Garrison, who's perfectly fine, I suppose. I like Griff Garrison. I think he's got a big future ahead of him, dude. I really do. I feel like that's another thing where he's got potential, but I don't I don't know if he's ever gonna really live up to it. We had a conversation a couple of weeks back when they had a when they had a a match there, Jeff, where I said like he's really good at the, you know, fired up babyface comeback, but that's literally like the first thing you learn as a professional wrestler is how to do the fired up babyface comeback. So and in the entire time that I've seen him, I have seen him do exactly zero outside of a fired up baby face comeback. So, it, you know, he's got the, he's got step one down, but can, can he take a step? I guess we'll see. I will never forget, you know, uh, going back to Jason Solomon's show and his, and his group, there was a, a guy in there. I'm not going to say his name because not that it's a bad thing, but he didn't give me permission. I know who you're talking about. His name. But no, you don't. Okay, but he, he, he has no idea. But, you know, every now and then he pops up on Twitter and I, I just call him Paladin for whatever reason, because he's challenging evil dose. So uh, so he's sort of defending evil Uno usually. He's usually poking holes in my argument. So I call him Paladin, which for those who don't know is like a Templar, like a holy knight. Um, so anyway, I'll never forget him because he loved the tag team of Master and Machine in Ring of Honor, which was a ridiculous tag team. But one of them was Griff Garrison. So I will always associate Griff Garrison with the Paladin, and 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 the guy who was, I guess, Machine or whatever didn't didn't make it, didn't make the cut. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know, just a little anecdote that really had no beginning and no end and no point. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's pretty spot on. But uh, no, not just par for the course for AEW. Thank you. Right, right. <laughs> but, and me. <laughs> For me, Griff Garrison, I just think he, like I was saying a couple of weeks ago, he's got, he reminds me of a throwback to that 80s style babyface with his mannerisms and the way he kind of works. And I just think he's got the look. He can move, he can wrestle. But like Chris said before, whether, whether that happens, whether he's going to fulfill that potential is another story. We'll see what happens. He was worth it for that one line where somebody said, who's this jungle man? yeah yeah definitely <laughs> but you know what he's better than jumping jack perry in my opinion yeah, i'm not a jungle boy fan oh, i can't stand him I, nothing against him i just can't stand him chris oh 
All I know is I really love because it, it annoys the crap out of Jimmy to don't, just go, oh, don't. Oh, 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 how dare you do that? You know, that was out of sight, out of friggin' mind, and you had to do that, dude, please. Because that, that's... That's going to be in Jimmy's head for all night Yeah, now. don't. That stayed in my friggin' head. Great song that that little prick has totally ruined for me now. But, uh, and I'm not talking about you, Chris. I'm talking about Jungle Boy. But, um, but yeah, man, anyway, please continue on boys because i don't even want to yeah i gotta forget this now <laughs> well have we talked at all about the about the women's championship match i know i came in no, a little not, bit late well we sort of about... we didn't really touch on it too much but it was pretty obvious that hikari shida was gonna go over let's be honest yeah i i, I yeah, we did but mostly it was me complaining about joshi wrestling and rio and how kenny can't book and shouldn't be allowed to book and shouldn't have any executive authority whatsoever he can keep his benefits as insurance all that and he should focus on his wrestling and his heel character work which is damn fine but he shouldn't he, he should have zero input in any creative decisions whatsoever that's basically okay so you basically yeah. covered everything that i wanted to say about the match good <laughs> uh yeah i'll just i'll just reiterate like joshi wrestling if this is what it is i'm not into it uh, Jargo, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. someday someday you're gonna have to come on here and explain it to me. Uh, but holy crap, man, all this is all this is so far, as I understand it, is a bunch of Japanese tryhards trying really, really hard to be tryhards. And uh, I, I, I'm just not into it. I don't care. It looks stupid. These people come out, they've got these elaborate entrances and they've got these crazy outfits and it just, and they, they, they get in the ring and they make such overly exaggerated movements and everything. It just looks super, super stupid and I hate it, but we can move on. We don't have to cover any more of the. They make just, the young bucks look that. serious. Right. I, just I mean, honestly. I just want to quickly say, look, this is not a good representation of Joshi wrestling. Let's be honest. Stardom is where the real Joshis are at. You know what I mean? So let's... Isn't this the Stardom roster? Not really. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's more like from the DDT roster or something like that. No, I'm pretty sure it's from the Stardom roster. I'm pretty sure they're paying, they're, they're scratching the check to, to the parent company New of Japan. New Japan. You sure? Uh, yeah, I'm no, I'm not sure, but I'm but I'm 93% <laughs> sure on this. Then where's Bea Priestley and 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 women like that? I mean, she's great in my opinion. She used to be in AEW. Well, first of all, B B Priestley is not allowed back in AEW because the women there hate her and because she had some scandal with her. Really? But okay. yeah, but she's also not Japanese. I mean, they wanted it to be a Japanese bracket. Yeah, which was dumb in my opinion. Why? Like, why did we need that? But what? What is the? What is the? Like, okay. My anticipation level, my excitement for this pay per view was really, really low, which is really bad for a pay per view that had at least five months between the last one. Right. My excitement level was about a two, and my score on it, when I was feeling generous was a four when i'm feeling not generous was a three and a half <laughs> after watching it twice it's a solid three and a half but after watching it once i'll give it a four because i did really like the ladder match i like the casino battle royal the battle royals are fun and i and i like the um uh what's the cinematic match the street fight match and i like the taz loss so i can continue my rant about how ineffective and how lame taz is and how he the street fighter couldn't even show up at the street fight for his for his team 
and why the hell was Hobbs wearing a mask? Like the element of surprise, you know, was was different with <laughs> with the mask on than without it. And then he pulls it off after ten seconds. So I guess that tells you it wasn't. And why was Hook in no shirt? And why yeah. doesn't Rick, why <laughs> Thank Rick Stark's you. white tank top get dirty? <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> I have lots of questions. But well, you've got the right questions. That's the answer to all the questions. Well, you've got the right questions, Jeff, because me and Chris have been wondering why certain people have been shirtless the last few weeks ourselves. So you totally popped in when you said, why was Hook shirtless? <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's like, it's like Dr. Luther walking around shirtless. Why? Right, he doesn't. Why? Right. <laughs> and I just want to say, was it just me? But do you guys remember the, I know he's going to sound like crazy, but do you remember Starcade 97, WCW, right? Do you remember the? Do you guys remember the commercials for Starcade '97 at all? We sting by the window, and the rain was like it was hailing. And do you know what I'm talking about? The promo commercial. Yeah, I do remember, but you know what? I always thought that Edge was a ripoff of the Sting character. Okay, well, I don't know about that, but when they first did the Edge, I get what you mean. I get what you're saying. I could see. He was like running around in the dark and hanging around like like he was Batman. Well, yeah, yeah, true. Well, I just wanted to say, didn't that where that cinematic match happened with uh, Sting and Darby Allen against uh, that big jobber, and apparently the next Rock, which I don't agree with, um, doesn't that remind you that's where that commercial was filmed in that on that in that stage? It kind of reminded me of that Starcade '97 commercial, and I don't know why I remember it clearly, but that's what it made me think about was that moment because the windows kind of look the same the structure if you look back on that starcade commercial you'll know what i'm talking about it what it reminded me was like like the video game background in games like like call of duty and like area yeah. 51 right, like right. Fir first party shooter games that's that's what it reminded me of i mean i don't know what a ring was doing in there i mean yeah. i mean i know why it was there because they needed to have sting you know go over in a ring i guess but i i mean I mean, it's a street fight. Why is there a ring in this in this warehouse? It's an undisclosed location. Someone put a ring there. Right. Yeah. So much for an undisclosed location, right? Who did put the ring in there? I wonder who. But and the spotlights. I mean, how undisclosed is someplace if there's spotlights going back and forth like it's right. on Hollywood? All right. I need to do some nitpicking, and I actually did like that match. Me I just, too. Me too. It was just unnecessary to call it undisclosed location when clearly it was disclosed and, and clearly at least Hook and Hobbs knew how to get there and all of Darby's... <laughs> but you know, Taz didn't, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, the, the well, Taz doesn't want to because he sucks. He was... <laughs> and like, didn't Darby have like 12 like druids there who basically did nothing? Right, right. Yeah. That's true. They did didn't nothing. didn't do anything because the two of them beat four guys. I mean, you know, yeah. we've been talking about that well, a little bit. Well, confidence um, in their lord and savior. I mean, what, what was that? Why does he have... Why does he have acolytes? What was what that about? Is he Seth Rollins all, all of a sudden? Probably is. But boys, before you guys continue on, do you want to continue on or do you want to like end it here? Because we've only got two minutes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to end it. I think that I, I've given it my ranking. I think that we're sort of ranting on the same things we've ranted on before. I'm, I'm good for always ranting, but no, I, I think that this is plenty. Please? Yep, I'm good with that too. Yeah, well, I'm good with that too. I'll, I'll just say, I'll, I'll just say before we go off here. Um, yeah, I mean, 
three, four, maybe out of ten. That's what I'd give this pay-per-view. There were a couple of good spots. This is the same thing that I keep saying about AEW every time we review anything by them. They've got a roster that makes me really, really excited and think, hey, these guys could really do something, maybe. Like, this is a, there's a lot of talent on this roster. I'm even more excited now that Christian's there because I love Christian. I love Christian's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, but they don't seem to know how to do anything properly. Every single thing that they do is like, you're watching it going, is this really fucking happening? Did somebody actually book this? And then to hear that the guy who's booking it gets Booker of the Year in a fucking magazine, you're just like, go fuck yourself. I have no time for that, but that's my rant. Well, I just want to say I'll give this pay-per-view about a four, and that's me being generous, but I'm Jimmy T, he's Jeff Lippman, that's Chris Ames, and that's AMBS Bullshit in the Morning. And you've been listening to the PWC Presents the Revolution Review on the Rational Rage Network. Peace. Stay evil, my friends. Be an amazing night of action. Can't wait. We've got so many. There's no question. Careers are on the line tonight. Tony, the most dangerous EW World Championship will be on the line. What a way to start things, too. That tag team battle royale to be conquered since then. They have only poured fuel on the fire, Joe. Well, those always have followed us on Wednesday night. Air. Yeah. You attack a man, two guys farther, no payback. I think it's going to be very physical tonight, all because of the absence of Jericho and MJF. So what do you think, though? Why would they do something like that? Is it just because of the way they're... Or overconfidence. Yeah, there's plenty of overconfidence there. Excalibur. And the inner circle made it personal with the Young Bucks. The act, Nick Jackson, and that really, really took it to the inner circle in that stadium stampede match. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's not a show of intimidation. Match, entirely a family affair, not only to their father, their, uh, their ring attire actually designed by... And, uh, and Matt's, Matt's wife, Dana. And there, Matt went right over to Dana. It is two cents in. This opening contest set for one fall with a six-team championship. Accompanied by Wardlow at a combined weight of four. And the Demo God, the champion. From Rancho Cucamonga, California. At a combined weight of 309 champions, Nick and Matt Jackson. Young Bucks get right in the face. Of the 20, you get paid. You get Your paid bill to bill. Is Aubrey Edwards. Long you give Jericho to put a plan together, the worse off you are. Yeah. Jumping the gun. You know they want to just run in and jump him immediately. And you can see all oh, that, that grin on his face. Now it's on. The bell, his right hands. There you go. It's personal. We talked about that. 
Not a tone you want him to see. The aggression of the young bucks. Absolutely. Use your fist. Use the ring post. Use whatever it takes to crank. Gape over the barricades to get away from Nick Jackson. But Nick bringing him in this World Tag Team Championship match. Yeah, and the Bucks getting off that fast start, which may be ending. Meeting in the minds there, and the one thing that the opponents do that. Wardlow is a franchise player. In it. Never turn your back on the Bucks, guys. Here we go. Matt, turn your back on your opponents. I don't know what that was about. Are we talking about by showing too much arrogance, hamming it up, action. Sort of relief. Bucks have won their nine, nine straight tag matches. Full gear. The spear followed up by more from the backyards to the big leagues right there. The fate. Well, this has been the Young Bucks match from start to finish. Oh! Tremendous set. Yeah, long way to go, too. Long way to go. I had to go to the opposite corner. Yeah, get beat up. Yes, I wanted to see it repeatedly. I want to see him double team. Uh, to compliment Jericho on MJF, but that was a very heads-up move right there. I don't care how many years experience Jericho's got under his belt. Attention was diverted, and MJF and Wardlow really... When they knew the referee couldn't see what they were doing. That's the key. To the canvas. Great execution on that one, man. Jericho knows what he's doing. Change the complexion of this. Nick Jackson sent in it. Oh, for crying out loud. Very self-confident, shall we say. But a well, we've seen great teams use the flapjack in the past. Oh, man. Matt Jackson likes high. DDT! Nice change of direction. I get it. Here we go. Oh, low bridge oh, there by man. Wardlow. This is effectively a handicap match. This individualist whole presentation is Wardlow. Man. Someday, sometime. Well, you're right. We've seen some matches that he's had. He is. I'm talking champion of his. I'm not talking Wardlow. Talk about this guy. But you know, I mean, you could argue, Tony, deservedly so. There's no denying the talent of MJF. P.O.S. Huh? Yeah, big ringing Matt Jackson over the top. Suplex very. Back over to friendly territory. Just play in your half of the ring. Have that kind of strategy. And they are one of the great teams. You got to say that in eight. All the blood drained down to the head. Okay, cover. Matt, and you can see how red Matt's face is. Yeah, he should have got that pin right there. Yeah, no, you, you're right. He's leading, actually. But Matt Jackson trying to hammer his way from making the tag out to his brother. Great float over that time. That was textbook right there. That dropped all 60-minute time limit match. One fall. Matt kicking off a great night. We're very happy that you chose to join us tonight, folks. And don't forget our leg. Oh, very close. That sale ends tomorrow at 1 p.m. And Charity Tees. Revolution to promo code. Shop. Jericho's right hand between the eyes. Teamwork. By Jericho and MJF. MJF. They've also been the more proficient man. Now you talk about desperately needing a tag. And, and Nick hammering the challengers with right hands and now rising knee strike. Out. Will that be called a bird lariat? <laughs> Jackson floats over. They oh. kick to the face. He rocked Jericho. Footed off that ring apron. How athletic is this young man? He is so high stack. 
Backhand long legs, pushing upward on that, got him out of it. Tech, the last possible instant. But he kicked out. Yeah, well, that's okay. Just more punishment to MJF's fine with me. MJF held up and oh. yeah. Sorry, I hate to cheer. And now a shot. Matt Jackson covers. No! Wow, MJF kicks out again. Get it. And, and, you know, I think Matt Jackson would agree. What is shaping up to be an incredible night of action with A.E. Knuckles on the bridge of the nose to Matt Jackson. Uh, and Jericho trying to cover his face up, rightfully so. Oh, Jericho, though, swept out the legs. He's looking for the line to... Oh! Nice counter by Matt. Matt intercepted it with a super kick. They got the heel of the foot on the face. That Jericho! No! Counter the tombstone, and he's... He, he sits back in the line tamer. Jericho had it well scouted. Jackson. Miscalculation. And that is... So he's getting close. Got to use the strength. Oh, he's close enough to make a tag. There it is. Kambi. That's that heel trip. Oh, Jericho oh. Right, right back to the advantage. LeSharp beyond Chris Jericho. And look, Matt Jackson is now fighting off his back. Landing some right hands. That leg strength one. Cracking shot. Well, at that time, tagged himself in. Oh, look at this. this is near fall of the night. Side out. Oh, great counter there by MJF. MJF didn't have the boots over the shoulders of Matt Jackson, or else that. We Th this is this is his youthfulness coming into play here. Yep. Getting getting front. Now he's just becoming a jerk. Matt Jackson, he's getting he's getting time to regenerate a little bit. What motivates a guy to be an idiot? Some what is this? What a just punch him right there where his hands are pointing. Oh, oh look out. Jericho comes. We I were a hair's breadth away. Or Matt did. Oh, Matt. Nice right hand connecting. Aubrey's attention diverted. And now MJF, the heat seeker. Aubrey may have been a digit. Oh, they were so sure. That was their big move. They were so sure to regroup and think again. I wouldn't be surprised if the bat came in a better hand in this match yeah. offensively. Yeah, Jericho slow to get back in here, boy. This match has been... Ruth has. Jericho likes to look for those big haymakers, those knockout shots. Jericho! Teamwork again. Jericho just got cracked in the, the tag! Well, that was the easiest tag the Bucks have made in this whole match. Chris Jericho, stereo. Boom! And Jericho shot that right shoulder up. Get away. Well, now I was going to say get away from Wardlow. Wardlow is getting up on the vert. Oh, the Judas effect. Jericho just hit the Judas effect on Wardlow. What a near fall. We've seen frustration on it. Wow. Just a cross chop across the throat. Oh, I mean. And they've got Jericho set up. He take. No. MJ at the very last moment. They idols are at stake, folks. MJF and a super kick party. Tony, that's what it is, Jr. Buster, they found that rhythm again. They got the moment. Could this be the Meltzer driver? One, two, three. They want to fight. That's a hell of a start. Team champions, the Young Buck. They came to fight, and this was a great champs until the bitter end.
but it was that won the day and allowed them to retain the AEW world. If you'll recall, but now a year later, it's their moment. And better than the, well, the Young Bucks successfully defending their AEW titles. My voice, I'll make it through. But uh, Tony, get this off. Face of the Revolution ladder match. Which one of the six men? We don't know number six. The AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line as chapter tonight. And they're fighting for paychecks in the big money match. Cash. Also, a street fight is going to be the TNT champ, Darby. Hero with Penelope Ford, of course. Uh, we'll take on Chuck Taylor at the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. Highest dangerous match ever in AEW. The AEW World Championship will be on the line. Rules are, are insane, quite frankly. Three sides of the ring are on the floor. Literally, landmines, if they are touched, they will explode. Three minutes, all the explosives will go off. If anyone can survive it, let's throw it down to Justin Roberts right now. To the Casino Tag Team Royale. In the ring. And every 90 seconds, a new tag team and both feet touch the floor. Tag teams are eliminated with one competitor or team remaining. The winning team will earn a... Team number one, at a combined weight of 464, the natural nightmares. Go over the top rope, and both feet must touch the floor for that for your team. Team number two at a combined weight of 415 pounds. And look at 10. 10, how great did 10 look? Last Gavin stole that qualifying match for the... Uh, that was with that boombox, wasn't it? It was. And this match has... Seconds till another team arrives. There you go. That's exactly what you got to do. AEW Casino Tag Team Royale. And speaking of AEW Casino, our free-to-play mobile game available. Don't download it just yet because right now the action is picking up. There, man, he can do that. Oh, but 10 had it scouted. Went with a face and now number five. Ooh, got sent over the top by QT. But less than 30 away from the new team coming out. Long blower. Fall away slam. Angel Tegmanal here. Yeah, big mistake. Oh. Turn your back on a bit. Which two Whoa. will be? Kidding it is, JR. Very talented team. We know they're no anything. They want to. But we know it'll be the Young Bucks defending the AEW World Tag Team Champ. No crack at Matt and Nick. Nice teamwork. Getting thrown around here. Shot to the midsection in the corner with number 10, 5. Goes for the trip. High boot there from 5. And he shouted, this is going to suck. And I bet if you ask Ortiz, he was gone, man. First one out. But the team is onto that bottom rope for dear life. And we are just about 10 seconds. It's a very fast-paced affair, ladies and gents. And all kinds of... By the Seidel brothers. And Santana. And Dustin trying to eliminate 10 here. Seconds away from our next entrant. The only elimination thus far has been number Casino Royale. And his original team is still in. That team is alive until he is eliminated. Yeah, so there you go. Oh boy, we're going to make it a Dark Order party. And all of a sudden the numbers are in the favor of the Dark Order again. Both to the face of Dustin Rhodes. It's great news for them. Comes down to it, they probably shove him out too. Well, I mean, the Dark Order, they've said they're, they're, well, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson can go. There you go. And over the top by Santana Ortiz. And now Grayson 
Every, every, everywhere you look, somebody's getting hit. Bracing tremendous strength there shown. And they sent. Oh, 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 man. Have a foot to the face, will you? Stu Grayson brought up by Dustin. Decisions are hard to come by. Big gun. Can you imagine if they win this? We'll never hear the last of it. Big gun. And they are coming in, laying the wood. Oh, they're into the corner. Two young, talented kids, I can tell you that. Absolutely. There by Colton Gunn. How about how high Colton got up on that one? Oh, ten. Still no team has been eliminated as of yet. Yep. And still, I really think the Dark Order has the advantage because Oh, what great tag team synergy that was by Santana and Ortiz. Ortiz through the tag team wrestling. With Santana and Ortiz. Well, I, I think they'll be the traditional match or that great parking lot brawl that we saw. They love hair. My gosh. There's oh. no hairdo like his. And Cesar Bononi. Our next entrance. Advantage, JR. Yeah, he's a big dude, I'll tell you that. It's better stop him. Hey, Tony, what do you think of Pretty Peter? I, I think he's. Uh, and then shots here. Cesar look Bononi. At, look at this power. Avalon and Bononi looking great. Brothers, the Dark Order still firmly in there. Dark Nightmare partner. But, and Dustin Rhodes coming to the aid of Colton Gunn, DT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes. So, Dark Order is not the only team grabbing that flock of hair of his. Barrett Boulder making a statement here. Man, I, I can't believe. Dustin was admonishing QT. What? I don't know. Look at Stu Grayson. Oh. He's got Boulder up on his shoulder. Stu Grayson. And Stu Grayson sent for a Rory's team. Even though QT let him down. And yeah. those nightmares. They, they got to work it out. He would have to make. Boy, Griff Garrison. Underrated athlete. He's young, I know. Here we go. Jungle Boy. The spot, Garrison and Pillman up and puts them down. Uno and Ten immediately bull rush. Luchasaurus trying to get up. Santana and Ortiz. He counted. There goes Ortiz. Jungle Boy eliminating. Cesar Bononi just cracked Jungle Boy. And pretty Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. They're. Uh oh. JR to. To borrow a phrase from you, I think Viz destroyed people. Ten sent to the outside by Blade. Order's gone. I, I Blade was Jack Evans. That was Jack. Where the hell was he? Where he left off, courtesy of Matt Hardy on last Wednesday night. What's up? No. Well, it's clear that he's on Matt Hardy's payroll. A man on his own. Oh! Oh, Boulder. Hang on. A lot of beef in there. Boy, all when you are on the apron of the ring, you are in that crazy bunkhouse match right. last year. So... Despicable! Run for the referee! Dustin oh and QT are gone! Private party with a brand new attitude. The ring. Well, they they want to, to out... He can do a lot of things. Oops, swinging a mix. Party! And at first, they were so resistant to Massive. Yeah, they're all in with him. Completely bought into his stuff. I'll say that a lot. Percent agree. Of course, that, that big money match. We're just under 30 seconds away from our next team. A fevered pace. And right now, so far, giving an assist.
Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Blade trying to eliminate Bronson. You, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, they have bet on a tremendous... Never wrestle again if they lost another match. So if they're eliminated with this, their matches here on dark, right? And, and I think that kind of goes against the spirit of what they said Royal. All right, there you go. Got got veterans have been around a long time. Since they got a win to get back to the main event. And I mean, they've, they've really put a lot of pressure on the Daniels. Because they're going to Daniels avoid the contact. Just saw it. I can't believe it. The Bears, the Bunny did it. Now Blade, yeah, but under, out of, under the bottom rope. That's right, so he's back in. Big and... But right now they're out. This is the bastard pack from the Death Triangle. Watch right here. No, you're right. Two, maybe the two most talented guys. Oh, team, there it goes. And Blade and Gwen, both a pack. And Ray Phoenix. That's nobody. You can't forget about the history between Butcher Blade and Ray Phoenix. Uh, Kingston was trying to, to orchestrate that. But he was successful to a certain point. But when Pat came back, Daniels, a lot of punishment. Phoenix, great finding his legs around that top rope. So many great tag teams here. Oh my God. Look who's with us. Three teams in this battle royale. And Jonathan Bull. Look at that power. I don't think I've ever seen that. Pop Daniels. Isaiah Cassidy trying to tee off on Silver. They've got Cassidy set up. They're looking for it. Dark dish. Here we go. And good no. night, Isaiah. But the butcher's still here. Yes, sir, man. And he's. Oh, well, he was. And, and, and Buddy throwing a fit on the outside. Well, good for her. And uh, you notice Jungle Boy's on his own. But there's still hope. There are still hopes for. Any of the services for Daniels. This great match has been brought to you by AEW. Oh! Daniels just got eliminated. App Store or Google Play. Reynolds and Jungle. First thing you should do is just get back in the ring. Continue your fight somewhere else. Right across the corner of the ring. So now what do we do? you. Death Triangle is fully intact. They are the only. As did Alex Reynolds. Oh, what a move by Pat. Oh, no. Death Triangle now. That explosive power. Foreman overlooks at Jungle Boy. And the favorites right. It will be either Death Triangle, Silver, and Reynolds Team Championship. Jungle Boy has been absolutely wild. Great maneuver that. Oh, Ray Phoenix. The strength of John Silver. The crowd loves it here. Went for that Silva. And Phoenix holds on. Perseverance is what this is about now. Both. John Silver. All the Johnny Hungy and, and Pat matches you can get. They're not backing up. They're not posturing. He's too phenomenal. Right. I've never seen anybody do this to Pat. Oh, momentum got him that. Hanging on again. Pat thought he had it. Ray Phoenix walks the tight oh, Wow! A kick. Jungle Boy in the death triangle. Distinct advantage here. Can Jungle Boy overcome the off? Or could be a timeless moment. Yeah, that's right. Stay said than done. I know that. I, I get it, but still. Whoa! Jungle Pack's momentum took him out of business. Hitchhiker Jurassic Express to challenge the Young Bucks. Mono ass serious. There you go. 
Don't trade, Chuck. Great Phoenix gets taken down. Jungle Boys, spectacular. What a hell of a final. Jurassic Express. That big kick did it. The next number one contenders, I would assume, for the AEW Tag Team Top versus Matt and Nick Jackson. What a tag team. Let's go back and attack a couple actually. Ray Phoenix, you can see right here with that tope. There was the kick on the way back. That ended the night. Made the clothesline easier to execute. A couple of combinations. Both. Down to one man to eliminate and the Jurassic attempts. And Death Triangle victorious here. The third member. Folks, uh, Dash is standing by with a mighty big. A little bit of insight as to who possibly might be signing here tonight. You know, I, I absolutely mean they all want to know. I'm going to tell you who does know. Myself, Tony Khan. But now I'm here. And I'm so proud of our show that's going to start March 15th. And I'm going to have the scoops. So in spirit, the talent. I don't think anyone here can outwork them. To you guys. From Vodka to Tony. Yeah. Paul Walter Hauser here. It's here. OVW in Louisville. That's right. And members of the front office here. Care products and that man looks good. Coming up next here, the AEW Women's World. Who won the Women's World Championship Eliminator last Wednesday. or nothing in 2019 it was really at the mgm grand garden arena when she, that spirit that love of pro wrestling within mizunami her and so then to get an opportunity to compete in the women's and take that lightly the leg drop on the back of Kong's head! ハイパーめちゃめちゃすごく高まっていく顔掴みながらここまで戦ってきたっていう感じですお前は100年かかってもそれから私たちはシングルを何回もやりました思います知だ10年前に言ってよね she feels that there is this Hikaru Shida's had the longest reign of any AEW champion. Done a great job representing not even just the women's division, but represent it's really gonna be a battle of wills and skill coming up at Rampion. That crosses it. The tournament is for the AEW Women's Championship. From Nagoya, Japan, Rio. And her opponent, from Kanagawa, Japan, she Hikaru Shida! Longest reigning champion in AEW. So much history between Hikaru still looking for that first victory over Mizunami. This match has the potential. To end in a draw if it goes the world championship title belt in hand no one is one more she's won 31 magic playoffs well you're not kidding oh that's that's how it ended yeah she saw it coming mizunami as we heard 
in that, in that piece. Ryomi Zanami uh, just humiliated Hikaru Shida in, inside the ring. Beat her even in a hundred years. There's no chance that you can beat me. And a lot of it's oh, It can motivate you, Tone, or it can destroy Start second-guessing yourself. Yeah, man. So you gotta just... Massive chops. Gita. First one was massive, I tell you yeah. that. And now Jeff Taylor in comparison to Shaq and Cody. Last Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night. I think Rio Mizunami might have hurt you, JR, because she lit up Hikaru Shida. And now, having a little fun. This, this is a great call. You are exactly right. Lack of respect. At the expense of the champion. Rana. Turn the tables there on the challenger. Yeah, saw her. Saw the corner. Karshida. Oh, running knee strike. Are so, so dangerous. As Rio Mises. Something. Whatever it is, it's going to be illegal. She used that as a launch point. She does not use that as a as a weapon. I got you. Wow. Nami anticipated it. And oh! Oh, man. Okay. To a bevy of people. Saxel. Paul Turnus again, man. Over the top. Wow. This coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, be a part of the action live in Going out to the ball game, folks. Outdoor seating, safe, full control of the AEW Women's World Champion. Zanami, more power, more torque. Come here by means of into that half clutch. I'm really surprised after those great three habeas. She just doesn't honor her. I, I... So that's gives you some nice, that, that humiliation, that lack of respect that had to be put aside. Back at under that hip throw there by, by Hikaru Shida because she pretty obvious that Mizunami has great core strength. But Hikaru Shida is so dangerous with those knees. She's a Nami. Oh, missile dropkick gets taken down. I mentioned the, the history between these two men, or these three years, and how they began their careers. Real Mizunami was trained by Mako Sadaishin style of pro wrestling, where Hikaru Shida trained under Emi Sakura, Emi's traditional dojo culture, but still more expressive. Shida's still more, more rigid, the more traditional fighter. We saw Mizunami. Uh, if she hook her, buddy. There is no great counter that time, uh -oh. holding on to the ropes. Might be good for both of them. On her shoulders. Oh, the crunchy out on. The right now, she can win it. That was. That smile was Hikaru Shida saying, never in a hundred when it counts the most. And she went there trying to get back in the ring, just standing. Look at this. Oh my god! Oh! What power that was like a dead lift. Hikaru Shida was in the tournament. Right in the face. Look at that. Allowing the challenger to return to her feet and just absorb Paul Turner immediately. Checking on real Mizunami. Shida could theoretically win this match oh. by TKO. That's going to change the complexion of this match. But, oh, the clothesline there from Mizunami, the second one. Mizunami again. Oh, this is Spike Sheeta. He hooks the near legs. He's... Just a little bit more. Nearly two years ago, he's doing that great match. Oh. on this stage. Look at this, Mizunami. Sheeta with the Tomashi each other to a pulp and take a look from above this has been an intensely physical
women's woman. Coming up right. Knight. Picking up right here, champion. I don't know if they're enjoying each other, hit each other. Look at that. Apparently they are. Oh, women's eliminator tournament and absorb all this punishment here tonight. Well, look at the opponents that she took on to get here. Hikaru Shida, she could be on her last legs here. Real me. Rose in a tournament to get here. You've earned it. And now she dropped off the top. We could. New champ. New champ. No! From the champ. Hikaru Shida, you can. How much does she have left in the tank? She, she, I mean, she's done. Hook. Sheena rolls through. Yeah, she just pushed her up. No. Uh, again, uh, just uh, from what we the, the ladies are moving a little bit slow here. Oh, oh block the lariat. Sheena, straight jacket, German suplex. Mizanad. If she can put away. No! Sheena counters the Falcon Arrow. Sheena springs to her feet. Oh! <laughs> wow! Good grief! Oh. Falcon Arrow! Feeds those legs, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't complete her pin. Building up steam. Mizanami shuts her down! Be oh. Between these two old rivals. Been a fight. Love this. Pulling himself up on either corner. She avoids contact. Oh. Escaped. Sheeta. Tamashi. Paul Turner's arm coming down. Again, Mizunami able to weather the storm. And I really think his his hand coming is near fall. Tonight they're loving it. Sheeta working hard to working just as hard to prove the opposite. The Nami's in trouble, guys. And maybe no defense. She couldn't even get her hands up for that. One, two, no! Roll out of that pinning combination. Oh! She got her hands up that time. A knockout shot got the job done. The winner of this match, champion, Hikaru Shida. The women's world championship here tonight. She exercised some deep. Was the knee that got the job done. What a high years ago at the hands of Rio Mizunami. Nyla Rose! What the hell? In behind. Nyla Rose stealing the spotlight from the safe. There you go. And Hikaru Shida coming to the Baker and Maki Ito and Rebel. Rebel would get just hammer the champion. And, and Maki Ito. And Rio Mizunami's the, the woman who eliminated Maki Ito. For the referee. Now, she's at the one person she with Dr. Britt Baker in her sights. And luckily for Sheeta. Well, Thunder Rosa doing the right thing. Marcus, that was a good doctor. And Thunder Rosa would like nothing more than another shot at Duck. We still have much more to come for this event.
top. He's got the face of the revolution. That man, Scorpio. And we'll see if Cody, how much he can get. Oh! In AEW, who the hell the fuck? Decorated as both a single and tag, and I believe there's a lot of feel. It's official Christian Cage. And it's tough to prepare, and it was tough for us as team, difficult to prepare for. Sure. I get that. That's a... Uh... Oh. Darby coming off the... Look at Kane. the wall! He was climbing the wall! Kane. Watch this, watch oh. this. No! Oh! I'm back. Champion, but I don't respect look, this. Oh, no! Oh, no. Oh, oh, look at that! Look at this! He's going he, flying! He's going right flying! Right oh! Yeah! With the TNT paddle, if he can't show up with the fender, he has to forfeit it. Yeah, that's Sting. Come on, come on. Sting not backing down. I agree. Oh, God. No, Sting. And oh, Darby. No, I know it doesn't. Oh, there. Oh, man. This job stops. Get past this match. Oh, no. What the hell? Damn it. Man, that yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Again, that's what I'm saying. Oh, against, God. Again, he's... Coffin. Oh, I can only... I can't be, oh. oh, yeah, it, it's a member of your team. A powerhouse. Seesaw. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. Oh, bat. Come on. He caught the bat. That was thrown oh. from Darby up top. That's his trademark. No. Pick up a no, shot. No, no, no. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, your revolution main event tonight, Elite Wrestling World Championship. He has a chance to rectify it here tonight. This is Yonita facing Tarzan Goto. World Champion, Kenny Omega. Here's the deal, fellas. I said this on, the, on our uh, send-off for Moxley, because it's... Against the world's greatest athlete. Mega gouges the eyes. The hype is dangling. Oh, Bobby Man! Boom! And we've got in front of us here. Oh. Look at this. Thank you. Oh. oh! Match, and it's not in the record books, which oh. means it never. Oh! oh my God. God! Completely disorienting. Yeah. Gonna break his leg. Oh! oh, oh God! Middle
Anderson get the battered by Moxley. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Deadly shoot. Omega. Oh, 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 Omega covers. Two. Please get Kenny. Kenny. The clock is still ticking. Look at this. These guys are bad at dawn. Really? No. Oh, God. Reminders. He's completely unable to protect himself. Okay. Uh, guys. I mean, get, up, get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Somebody's got to get Mox. But he's. Look. Kingston. Put him on Moxley's. Hold his friends. He's trying to get the handcuffs get, off. Get him out. Take care. Rational Rage Network.